And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Bosphere Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell, and I'm Langley West, and you were here for episode 136. 136. Uh, is on that which a milestone of some kind. Uh, no. For us, it is. <laughs> 37. Um, um, uh, we are here on a on a on a beautiful Sunday in Bellingham, um, Washington. Uh, this is one of those rare podcasts where uh, everyone that's on the podcast is in the same room. Yeah. And that's always, always fun. So, we are here for episode 136. We are here with a guest. This is this guy is a, not only a friend of ours and a, and a local, but he's also an author. He's got a number of books. I'm going to throw some titles at you, so write them down. Uh, Equinox, Between Gods and Monsters, Icarus Void, Ruthless Echo, and then there's this Dust McCallan series, which is right now a series of three books. Yes, Chris? Uh, currently working on getting the third one up and running. Like, I'm, I'm plotting that. We got two out the door so far. Right. Chris awesome. Birch. Ta-da! Yay! Hello. And we're going to get to our topic in a minute, but first we want to talk to Chris for a second. Um, so, you have a lot of books out, dude. I mean, that's a lot of books. You've been writing for how long? Like, like I seriously, on a certain level? Um, published, self-published since 2010? Uh, okay, so yeah, that's like yeah. seven years. Yeah. yeah, that's like seven years. Holy shit, wow. Yeah, right on. <laughs> you don't really I think know. about it until you put a number on it. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I just had an anniversary, so and, and when they do that, you go, wow. Yeah, oh. I've been married that long? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, we always like to hear about people and what they were like growing up. And my standard question is always about what kind of kid were you? I was the kid who um, intentionally got into trouble so I could go to my room <laughs> because my room was my kingdom, um, which was and it, and it was kind of difficult because I was homeschooled. Mm. I was I was homeschooled. I didn't know that. K through twelve. Wow. The wow. whole the whole shebang. Um, wow. So you know I was I was always at home. Mm-hmm. I was a very sheltered boy. Lived in a bubble. You know my mom wouldn't let me watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because it was too violent. Wow. That kind of show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that so I quickly became the the rebellious black sheep. I was going to say, AKA, now you're batshit crazy. Very. <laughs> and <laughs> going nuts. Well, like, it does, it does remind me of like Gaiman. We have talked about this before. I interviewed Gaiman and asked him the same question. He talked about being a kid who spent most of his time alone, mostly in his case under the kitchen table. 
either reading or trying to write or doing whatever. So, so I guess in that situation, you're reliant on your imagination. Very much so. Um, I was a big, um, big fan of action figures growing up. So for me, my big... They're not dolls, they're action They are! <laughs> they can be posed. You squeeze their legs and he punches. Yeah. Um, hey, remember the old joke, why does are Barbie's boobs bruised because G.I. Joe is Kung Fu Grip. Oh, God. That, I've that, never heard that. That slays. When you're like fourth grade, that's high comedy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, but for me, like, um, imagination sprung forth, I think. My biggest escape was looking at the Toys R Us catalogs and at all the action figures that I couldn't buy because... Mm. We weren't exactly, you know, very well off, you know, um, sure. you know, my mom stayed home to take care of four boys, raise them, homeschool all of them, so my dad had his own auto shop, he, you know, he brought in all the money. Right, right, right. But we didn't have a lot of money to spend, so for me, it was looking at the Toys R Us catalogs going, okay, that, I love that, that, I want to play with that. Uh -huh. You know, I would, I would um, cut them out of sure. the catalog. Yeah. And, and pretend, I mean, you sure. know, got these little three-inch tall pieces of newspaper Yes, and pretending that, like, that, okay, that's my shit right wow, there. Wow, wow. This is your toy. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like cutting the things out of the TV guide, you know, like, because, like, you know, it's Raquel Welch in oh, One Million yeah. Years B.C. and I'm putting it right. on the wall. Right, there you go. Exactly. You know, yeah. Um, that begs the question, and, and you don't have to answer it, obviously. Um, are... Are they cool with what you're doing now, with your uh, with your writing, with the books, with the 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 stuff that you write about? I guess. Yeah. Um. So, my mom unfortunately passed about four years ago now. Mm. Um. But she was a big proponent of it. She was a big big supporter of it. The the Dust McAllen series actually. Um. I started finally writing the first one because she kept saying it's like when are you going to do this you've talked about it for years mm -hmm. and years you've always oh, cool. wanted to do it's, your Indiana Jones it's yes it's, yeah. it was to get you to shut up about exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's where I'm at now with people you should write that down go ahead no, and, and it's actually pretty it's sure, actually true absolutely I, I, I would you know sit down well, and I have think it's, with it's, my it's almost like the parents concern about here's something that clearly because of the, your your repetition of it and mm -hmm. telling people this thing you needed to get out, and so I, th I would see as a parent, it would be like, give this kid a pen, you know what I mean? Like, write that shit down, right. because right. you never know, as opposed to, oh, you're always off, you know, the, t the typical bad parenting thing, oh, you're always off in your imagination, right. uh, you trying to rein that, that in, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 so I think that's great, yeah. um, I, I, I'll tell you, I'm, when my first book came out, my mom had a copy before she passed, and, uh, but with explicit instructions not not to not read, to read it. it. Yeah, well, you should never <laughs> yeah. read this. And um, and she didn't, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. But um, it was but it was still something to to, to bring. It was like bringing a head back, it was, right? Yeah. You're bringing it, laying it at your your parents' that's, feet. That's actually a funny story. Is um, so Icarus Void was the first book I published, and I, I dedicated it to my dad because you know. Any chance he could get me out of my bubble, he raised me on Aliens and Star Trek Sweet and Terminator, sci-fi, R-rated. Yeah. We're watching yeah. this, right? We're going to sit down. And we would sit there, and he would like wait for the opportunity to scare the shit out of me oh, sure. when nothing was happening. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote this sci-fi horror story, and I'm like, this is for my dad. So I dedicated it to him. You know, I showed up for his birthday randomly, and I, I gifted him the book. And my mom had seen it before, so she knew about all the cussing and swearing oh, sure. in there. And she's like, you know, I'm glad you gave this to your father, and I'm glad that he's as dyslexic as he is because he won't be able to read all these curse words out loud. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, what curse words? Wow. Opens the book and immediately reads the phrase, cock-sucking motherfucker. Oh! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, there you go, Dad. That's, that's your book. That's but that's <laughs> cool that to have that to share, you know, like like with the, every parent, that you have your things, right? You right. have your secrets. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, and then, so... So was everything else just the lead up to this, the, to the McAllen stuff? Was it all just seeing what you did and did well, and then deciding this is where I want to go, or, or was this something that like the the other things were stepping stones to the story you always wanted to get to? I feel the, more the latter, definitely stepping stones, because um, sometimes it's really hard for me to focus what I want to write, what the plot is actually going to be. Mm. Um, you know, like the this third McAllen book I'm working on, I bounced between like three different potential plots and I'm still trying to corral it all together and get it into one thing. Do what I did, just do them all. Okay. That's what I <laughs> should do. One book. Yeah. So, oh, seriously, that, that would actually, that would be a hell of a book actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so like, you know, it, once one idea led to another and I've got notebooks full of different ideas and I would like jot down McAllen stuff and then set it to the side for mm. years and then something new would come to me and I'd be like, well, what if I tried it that way? Mm. And along the way, um, I did Icarus Void, and then I did Ruthless Echo, and then I did the Equinox book, and then at that point, like, I knew my mom's health was failing. Mm. So I kind of went into this mad rush, I was like, this is the book that she's always wanted me to write, so I'm going to get down and dirty, I'm going to make this happen. Sure, sure, sure. Um, unfortunately, like, I, I didn't finish it before she passed, so right. she never got to see it, mm -hmm. but I mean... Yeah. I dedicated it to her. Yeah, I finally yeah. got it written, and I, I did the sequel, which is funny because I always wanted to do the sequel first. Oh, yeah. Like, the sequel, I knew what was going to happen, but it was always that first book. Like, yeah, how do yeah, I get yeah. that out of the way so I can get That's it? That's the it's almost like It's almost like writing a story, right? It's like, you know what's going to happen, yeah. mm -hmm. and you got to figure out how do we get started. Yeah. It's those linking it moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not getting to Lothlorien. It's... it's it's the travel. Right. Right. That's where the, yeah, the, the hard part is because it's so it can be so boring. In the end, Lord of the Rings, we're we're just walking, right. and so you got to fill that walking with something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. 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 That yeah. is essentially that's the essentially that's my process. Is I come up with the ending. Mm -hmm. If I have an ending, you know where I, you're going. I know exactly where I'm going. The question is like how many yeah. twists. It's and like turns. GPS. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going here. So mm -hmm. once I have that. Yeah, that's why I'm a big off. fan of outlines, because I think outlines keep you honest. It's like, remember, it reminds you, remember, you want to do this, and all along the way, you can make those decisions. In the the book I'm working on now, all along, I wanted it to take place in a church, and I just realized that a church was academic, because I had to stop at a house before I got to the church. Mm -hmm. So, just eliminate, keep them in the house, get rid of the church, <laughs> and you're good to go. But along the way, you have to have those reminders, like, along, because along the way, I write things down, and I, it's easy to forget that That's shit. That's why yeah. it's like, like, when you, like, when something changes, mm -hmm. it's a big freaking deal, yeah. right? Because you're yeah. like, uh, yeah. Or the realization. Now that that, I changed that one thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that changes this thing that exactly. was like three chapters right. ago. Exactly. Or in research, it, you find that you're full of shit. Right. That just oh. happened to me. With yeah. a, I wanted a thing where a gun is fired, a bullet ricochets off something, hits a propane tank, and it explodes. Have I explained this on the show? Yeah, well, I, not on the show. On the show, yeah. So I wanted the thing to explode. And then I talked right. to my buddy, who's in, who's a, my, my munitions guy. Shout out to John Edwards. Um... Uh, and he was like, yeah, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> so it was immediately you're like, I got to throw it away. And then it's like, calm down, rethink it. And right. I did. And, and now it's all. See, it's too bad you're not writing scripts because 
in screenplays, logic apparently doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Um, which is gonna almost bridges us to our topic. But but first, um, uh, so when let, let me just finish up with this. When is the you're working on the new book now? You say you're mounting it. Is it going to be um, uh, soon? I want to have a working draft within the next six months. Because I'm 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 at the point where I'm about to start writing. Um, it generally takes me about six months to get a first draft out the door. Okay. Um, I'm gonna all my other books, sadly, and for anybody who goes and picks one up, I apologize because I've done all <laughs> my own editing up until this point, painfully. <laughs> editing. <laughs> editing. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna nab a couple people, get some actual editors on there, oh, get sweet. a real clean, crisp draft before I put it out there. So yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that um, by the end of next year I should have this third one done. And then um, I also want to know about in your house is on fire, you have to grab three books off the shelf. What are they? I'm just, because I want to be here a little bit about your, uh, who your favorite writers are. Yeah, and yeah. That kind of thing. Like, um, Bag of Bones, Stephen King. Wow, okay. House of Leaves, uh, Mark C. Danielewski. There you go. Nice. And um, as many uh, Hellboy graphic novels as can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that fits in. Yeah, totally That fits in. That fits in with everything. Absolutely. Which, um, which I guess leads us into our into our topic. Um, as a preface, I want to say that we are recording this on the 13th of August in 2017. It was the day after... Some stuff went down in Charleston. Um, Charlottesville. 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 And um, this uh, this was not a thing of opportunity. No. This, this show has been on the books for, for months. And so that happens with this show. Like yeah, we, we, we have a show and it just weirdly mirrors what's kind of going on in the world. Uh, case in point, the John Amplis show with, mm -hmm. with George Romero. Yeah, we were we had had John Amplis on, who was in Martin, and it oh, was right. and he yeah, was the very that. next day, you know, George Romero. Yeah. Back. So, so at any rate, um, uh, we, we want to talk about something I can't believe we haven't talked about before, and that's the Indiana Jones movies. Right. Um, uh, now, now specifically, why are we talking about those with Chris? Oh, because um, a lot of the Dust McCallan stuff. Is it, it, it pulls from the same orchard that um, Indiana Jones does as the what was remember the Richard Chamberlain film where he was the King Solomon's Mind. King yeah. Solomon's Mind. All of that's Alan Quatermain. Yeah, 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 Alan Quatermain. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but it those all pull from the same sort of orchard that yeah, the, that the Dust McCallum stuff does. So and I knew Chris was a huge fan of these films, so I thought there you go. They're blinking. They're blinking. <laughs> yes. So. Um, I, I, I don't feel like I need to go over the, the plot, overall plot of any of this. Basically, it's an adventure thing. It's a throwback to 30 serials. Um, I, our stand, again, our standard first question, are we fans? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. after all that lead-up, do I have to say? Yeah, yeah. I, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the funny thing is that, you know, the first Indiana Jones movies that came out, I was... You know, a teenager. It's kind of like Star Wars, right? Eighty-one. The first. Uh, it's your first. It's yeah, uh, right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Star Wars, right? Yeah. First Star Wars movie comes out. I'm huge fan, right? I'm like, I'm rabid. I'm like, wah, because I'm eleven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when the next ones come out, really don't. Care. I think I I didn't see them in the theater. I saw them on VHS. You know, whenever I finally got around to it. Because there was something else, you know. I was a, I was in my teens. I was doing other things, 
Um, Indiana Jones is kind of like that for me in that when when the first Indiana Jones movie came out, um, I knew it was cool, but I had other stuff going on, yeah, and I yeah. didn't, and I really didn't, and I didn't know. Had I known, had I gone and seen, and I would have gotten the link between Indiana Jones and these older movies that I really liked, mm-hmm. the Dorothy Lamore Jungle films, yeah, the, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I, I would have, you know, my mind would have blown. Um, so when I started paying attention to them, I was like, holy shit. In particular, the second one. Mm-hmm. The second one is second like, great. Is, is yes. I think it easily rivals the first. I, 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 yeah. I was not expecting either of you to say that, so yeah. that, that makes me very happy. Yeah, I, I do think it rivals the first. Yeah. It does, well, I'll, I'll look at that. Um, uh, me, I think that I was. I'm older than everybody, so I was older when I first saw him. I was 21 when Raiders came out. Sure. So um, having a mom that I did, I immediately got the the serial thing, and I immediately right. got that. The thing that I think overall the series out of the gate, I'll say, I think it suffers from, is uh, what I'm going to call the building your wings on the way down. Um, they, they you have a property and it's successful and you have another one and then the more successful it is and the further down that line you get the more compromised you get because now more eyes are on it more studio eyes are on it right. everybody has a fucking opinion and even though this is Spielberg and Lucas it was still affected by a lot of the, the producers they brought in and sure, a lot sure. of the way they, oh, things they had to do to get it made so by the time you get to Crystal Skull you've got the refrigerator moment and you've got you know, a lot of stuff that's right. going down. Okay, well, so since you bring that up, uh, Kingdom of the, or is it Kingdom, Kingdom of the Crystal? Yeah, of the Kingdom Crystal of the Crystal Skull. Skull. Okay, so the fifth, no, fourth, fourth, fourth. the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Um, it's, it's, in this internet world, it's largely reviled. People complain about it, you know, the, the monkeys with the, the hair <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. My question for you guys is: Do you think is it that bad? Is it that bad that it, that it deserves all of that, or is it representative of what people are making today? Well, you know, which yeah. Um, no, it's not that bad. Okay. Honestly, I don't think it's that bad either. No, yeah. No, um, I do think that um, uh, bridging off of what you were saying about building your wings on the way down, mm-hmm. um, it definitely suffered from that mm-hmm. because. There's all these interviews where they're talking about, um, you know, both Spielberg and Lucas are talking. It's like, oh yeah, everything. It looks like, you know, like it's only been three years since we just shot Last Crusade, or like, mm. oh you could yeah, hold up, really. you could hold up stills of Harrison from every movie, and you wouldn't be able yeah. to tell which movie it is. And I, I think that they really, um, as great as Raiders is, Raiders is the biggest problem for this series because. Spielberg and Lucas keep wanting to go back and revisit that and mm. make that movie again. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Especially with Why? Last Crusade. Um, I feel because I think yeah. I think that they were so burned by what happened uh, with Temple of Doom and the reaction to it that they went, yeah. well, we can't go there again. We can't let ourselves get that crazy again. So let's 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 give the fans. Um, re-emulations of Raiders of the Lost Ark again. The first movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's keep pulling from that nectar and see how that tastes. And I think that Kingdom, especially, 
Um, as much as I like the film, like I don't think it's a bad film. I I know it's it has no problems. It's no more preposterous than Crusade. No, no, absolutely right, not. Right, right. You know, like I, I, mean, I, I will happily sit down and watch Kingdom over Crusade pretty much any day. Uh-huh. Um, Crusade is for me the least uh, watchable of the. It, well, four. it becomes yeah. it becomes um it becomes a road picture. Like a Hope and Crosby road picture. Right. Yeah, it really Indiana does. Jones and his dad. You know, I think it would have been cool had they. For me, as a fan, I would have really enjoyed it if they had continued in the direction that Temple of the Doom went, or it just gets it gets more and more dark and more apeshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, yeah, I would have. You, you, uh, real quick, you were talking about um, you like the Hellboy graphic novels. Like, that's exactly where I think Indiana yeah. Jones yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, like, for example, I would have, in Crusade, I would have I would have let the dad die. Yeah. You got yeah, it, because yeah. otherwise you, mm-hmm. once you take death off the table, you're, there's no more drama. Right. There's no more. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I will say this about uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I, 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 uh, 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 Probably not so much anymore, but whenever I was a kid, uh-huh. uh, all that Eric Von Donick and uh, yeah, 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 oh yeah, what shit was that like, was big stuff. Chariots of the Gods, stuff. Yeah, that was Chariots big of the Gods, and like Crystal Skulls and all this, and yeah. that. So that had me, and I'm like, yeah, that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And what's um, your name, Kate? Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. She's great in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she absolutely is. And very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a regalia. Uh, just saying. It, it was nice seeing Karen Allen come back. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it was. It, it, yeah. I I felt like it was more. Uh, it captured the spirit of the first movie more mm-hmm. than, say, for example, the third movie. Yeah, I think it was definitely yeah. trying to do some temple stuff. All the stuff in the trees and all that big action stuff, jumping from car to car. It sure. Was, yeah. It was clearly that they had things like that on their mind. You know the, the you know the thing that drives me nuts with and and it's. Crystal Skull reminds me of like so many other films that are made today mm-hmm. that they're competent films. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've talked about this before. That's when I that's I think one of the worst things that you can say about a movie is it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. that's that's true. Well, it seems like I'm sorry, but it seems like all these films, these and Star Wars and all this stuff, it's these filmmakers. It's like they've they've learned and to their detriment, I think that you don't want to piss off the fans. You right. can't go too far afield. Like, the the audience has a very specific idea of what Harry Potter is. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and what this is and what that is. And when they get in trouble is, is when they they shatter those constraints. Right. Right. You know? And I think that might have been, um, by the time we get to the pyramid and all that other stuff, I think at that point the audience may have, at that yeah. With this, I think I think it, its biggest flaw is probably that they they weren't willing to get weird enough with it. Mm-hmm. You could feel the restraint. You could feel them like holding back with all that the fan expectation. You know, sure, talking sure, of, like sure. building it up. It's been twenty years, and probably feeling everything because Spielberg to this day denounces Temple. Like they 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 won't even they, weird. They, I don't get it, man. I don't get it either. That's like, crazy. It's, great it's my flick. favorite of the four. Absolutely, yeah. by far. But like I think, um, yeah, Crystal Skull's biggest failing. It, they didn't let it get weird enough. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of like give a quick illustration, I'll, I'll keep it quick. But um, there's like four main. Indiana Jones video game releases that were put out. Yeah. Um, one of them is called Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. 
And if you hold up Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Infernal Machines side by side, they're they're basically carbon copies. Oh wow! So it's like it's set in 1947. Um, it involves the Tower of Babel. Um, the Babylonians were uh, building a machine to connect to their Babylonian god Marduk. So you've got the Soviets coming in, and they're trying to figure out what it's all about. Indy gets pulled in by the CIA to go investigate it, and you start having all this stuff between him and racing against the Soviets, and it turns out these gods were like interdimensional beings and aliens, and it's like plot point for plot point what Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did, but Infernal Machine had great writing, it had a great plot, it's sure. true to the theme. 1999, on the PC as well as Nintendo 64, there were yep. 17 Indiana Jones games. Wow. Yeah. Um, everything from video games adapted from the films or just original stuff, and that's what, what these were. Yeah, I usually, um, for me, it as my, my personal fan preferences, there's like the four uh, main original stories that came out. There was mm -hmm. uh, Fate of Atlantis, Infernal Machine, uh, Emperor's Tomb, and then Staff of Kings. Mm -hmm. There yeah. was also his desktop adventure. I played that. <laughs> Instruments played of that. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Iron Phoenix, Indiana Jones, and the Fate of Atlantis, Revenge of the Ancients, Lost Kingdom. That was all the, the other stuff, all the Mindscape and Lucas arts. Before, I want to say something about that, but before we get too far, I want to talk about Marduk. Does um, anybody remember a movie called Killing Kill Again, a martial arts film from South Africa? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the I'm glad you actually brought this up. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> And these guys would all wear these blue shirts with the symbol on it, and they'd be like, Marduk! And they'd cross their arms and do this thing. And <laughs> Clanging to the, the axes and cobra. It's a horrible movie. It's a sequel to Kill or Be Killed. Oh. Starring, I, what the hell is his name? Steve Chase? Steve Hunt? I can't remember. <laughs> it, sounds like, it, was, it sounds like, like I say, the end of Cobra, when they're all in that secret right. fight club. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Marduk! Oh. Well, anyway, you mentioned martial arts, and this yes. is something I wanted to bring up about our, our hero here. Yes, um, Indiana Jones, clearly a graduate of the James T. Kirk Fight School, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Dana Gould has this great bit about where he talks about Indiana Jones and, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he proposes that as a hero, Indiana Jones is terrible because his job is to keep the Ark from the nothing. Right. I've, I've read this many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He failed. If he had just done nothing, the Ark would have gone to Hitler. Hitler would have opened it up. World War II averted. <laughs> <laughs> That's it true. It would have been yeah. hilarious. It's hilarious. But as a hero, he seems to fail upward. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like through sheer happenstance. He he gets out of the, you know the the inescapable room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he right. gets out of the 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 flooding t tomb or it's, whatever. A lot of times, Indiana Jones to me has seemed a lot like Ash <laughs> in the Evil Dead wow. films. In the Evil Dead films. Wow. In that, in that, uh, he, he there there in, in certain things he's kind of incompetent. And that's what makes him charming to us because yeah, right. we imagine yeah. us in his shoes, yeah. right? It's like I'd fuck that up, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, through and and I think this ties back to the the link to old serials and things through the sheer fact that he's fighting for good, truth, justice, and America. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, yeah. That, that well, when you look at the iconic bullwhip scene—not the bullwhip, but the, the the big saber the dude. Guy with the, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're a fucking 
asshole, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I was exactly. gonna fight you on the field of honor, yeah. and you shot him. And you shot him. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I love, I love the fact oh, that, like, as a hero, he, he's, it's, it's, con- he's a convenient hero. Like, he has that shit right on, right on the tip of his tongue when, mm-hmm. it, when they're at dinner in, um, um, uh, in Temple of Doom, and he's talking to that one guy, and he's giving him shit about whatever. Uh, right. uh, uh, but then <laughs> he's like sitting on the wrong thing, or putting his trust in the wrong people. You know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what makes him. That's what makes him charming. Is is, is that he's an everyman. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, he is a professor. He is an archaeologist. He yep. knows his shit mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff. But he's also a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's very yeah. true. Which makes me think I would have. I, I wonder. I would have loved to see this go a little more. Like all of these films go, borrow a little more from that same era, and and give us a little Harold Lloyd, and they kind of try to do that when they're on the truck, the old truck chase, the sure. truck chase and Raiders. But that high daring do, Jackie Chan, you know that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty it would be would would have been pretty amazing. But again, I think. The series gets bogged down in its own mythology. You know, it becomes so cumbersome and so intertwined with, with all this other stuff. That said, perfectly enjoyable. Even the even Crusade, I'll sit any time and, and if it's on. Oh, sure, yeah. I'll sit and Absolutely. watch it. That's fine. Yeah. 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 And I don't, you know... Right. You know, it's, it's escapism is what it is. It's, yeah. it's just like you want to sit down, you want to have some popcorn, you want to forget what's going on outside your mm-hmm. window. It's that's that's the whole point of it, and like you know, there's. I was um, watching a video, and one guy was talking about uh, the character of Indiana Jones, and how he's like, there's not really much of a character there. He's not like somebody. You don't watch these movies for his character. You don't watch. He's it for the cipher, growth. right? Exactly. He's the guy that you want to be. He punches people. He kisses the girl. He gets lost in tombs, like you were saying. He fails, but then he sometimes he somehow yeah. escapes and gets inside. Right. That's what you're watching it for. Mm-hmm. And so, like in that, it's like it's a masterclass. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In yeah. How to do that? Well, it was almost like and the reason why I brought up Lloyd, and I'll also now bring up Keaton. It, it was that it was that succeeding through. If you're gonna go happenstance, go pure happenstance, where it looks like, wow, that really did just happen, kind yeah. of a thing. But it was. By the time we get to the third and second and third, it's it's a it's a machine now. It's well, Spielberg and it's Lucas and it's everyone's it, operating with big cash. It's everything, right? It, it with that is like you know the, the the more you go, the more um, it becomes diminishing returns. Yeah, and and now you're trying to figure out well how do we top that gap? Well, I also we think do, it's it's know? hard. What I was saying about building your wings on the way down, where it's like you're you're the smart money. Going back to what you said a lot when we first started was is knowing where you're going to end right. and if, if to reapproach a, a property like this and say okay at the end of the day this is our last film then mm. we now we we can do I, I could we could do anything between point A and point B as long as ultimately we get to point B it is with most Hollywood properties they didn't have that and uh, yeah and and it's funny you mentioned that because like depending on who's telling the story when Lucas pitched everything to Spielberg, he, you know, said that he either had three or five movies planned for mm-hmm. the series. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Spielberg has said, you know, Lucas wanted to do three movies. He wanted me to come back for the sequels. Then we get to Temple of Doom, and he's like, I, I, I didn't, I don't have anything. Yeah, right. We, we, that was where I was at. So what you are know, we going to do now? Earlier we talked uh, uh, 
obliquely about the the uh, the reaction to Temple of Doom or the Temple of Doom. Um, for context, for listeners, what was the reaction to Temple of Doom? What why why was that an issue? Well, at the time when it came out in 1984, for again for those who are listening and don't have context here, it's, there was no PG-13. It was G, PG, R, and X. So there was no in-between PG and R. So you got, you know, PG movies that were basically telling parents, like, okay, the little kids might not enjoy this. Might not want them to see this. So out comes Temple of Doom, which by today's standards is very clearly a hard PG-13 movie. You've got dudes ripping hearts out of people. You've got violent death, stuff like that. And people were taking their kids to see it Mm -hmm. after, after seeing Raiders, and they're like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad... I can take my kids to see And it this. was kids in peril. Yeah. There was, yeah, yeah child slavery. Mm-hmm. You right. Know, you, there's so uh, much. That brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. But, oh, Jesus. But with all, the, with all the backlash and outcry, and, you know, there was there was two other movies that year that helped out with this ba- this, uh, this backlash. There's Poltergeist, also mm-hmm. PG. Right, right. And you had Gremlins, also PG. Right. And Spielberg was connected to all of them. He fought with the ratings board to keep them from being R-rated because he wanted to make sure they could get out to the biggest audience. Right. So people are taking these kids to see these movies, and they're like, why am I taking my kids to see this? Mm-hmm. People getting pissed off, people getting upset. So Spielberg then goes to the ratings board and goes, well, how about PG-13? We'll create a new rating yeah. so I can still keep throwing all my crazy shit in movies. Right. And no one will complain. But the big, yeah, so like you were saying, the big backlash as a result of all of that was the darkness, the violence, mm-hmm. the tone, the and meanness. It, its biggest crime was that it wasn't Raiders of the Lost Ark. True. That's what everyone wanted. Right. Yeah, right, everyone you know. wanted Raiders I, But too. I, will, I, will count, I, I, I will go back and say, uh, if you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, when the Ark gets opened, mm. we see a man's head explode. Yeah. We see another right. man just like a guy like, melt. like just sucked you know, a, a guy melt, a guy gets yeah. sucked like completely. And it doesn't to it's not skull. like like Star Wars where you get people taking shots and just going down. This no, was no, like no. no. Oh, this was yeah, this was visceral. It was like holy shit. Well, it's funny because initially the it, the thing was pitched as uh, like a in along the lines of James Bond. And what the note I have here says that Lucas told him that the idea was better than James Bond. And um, he said it was like James Bond without all the hardware, which is like but that's part of the fun of James Bond, I guess. Yeah. And more more than James Bond, though, I think it was more like you know like Dash Riprock and all that old. Yeah. Sure, sure. You know, Tune in next week for you know Will He Escape and all the serials yeah. and all that other stuff, um, which I find interesting because at the time not a lot of people knew about that stuff. Well, it, it, old it, people did, but right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people were paying attention. To that stuff because it was old, mm-hmm. um, but I still <laughs> it was well. Okay, so uh, the intuitively they tuned into this is high adventure. Mm-hmm. It's high adventure, and there's it keeps you on, um, for lack of a better word, it keeps you on the edge of your seat because something is happening, right? And it's like, oh, he's in peril. Is he going to? You know, uh, it, it was the old 1966 Batman series, yeah. right? At the end of the episode, 
Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Will Batman escape from the clutches of whatever villain it was that week? Right. And <laughs> only, only we were getting this now in uh, in a movie format instead of a serial format. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, I, I just had to look it up. I because I couldn't remember when Romancing the Stone came out. And it came out, that was 84, so this mm -hmm. would have been the same year as um, Temple of Doom. Temple yeah. of Doom. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and there was a bunch of them. There was the Island Corbin. Everyone, suddenly it was the thing. It yeah. was, they, they came right. out of nowhere. Everyone was trying to duplicate it. Everyone It's very romantic. It's very romantic. Remember, very romantic. remember the Perils of Gwendolyn? Yes. Oh, yeah. my Absolutely. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, was it Tawny Katane was in that? I want to say it was Tony. Uh, Keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, something like that. But it yeah. was all sort of from from this. Oh, oh yeah, well, so many, so many spinoffs. Yeah, this was '84 too. Tony yeah. Kutain. Oh wow. I mean, ultimately, before Tony Kutain went crazy. Uh, ultimately, we Allegedly. have uh, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark to thank for uh, Tomb Raider. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and I and I I love that idea. I love that idea of somebody who's going back into, um, I don't know this this kind of. Using our, our, excuse me. Right. We're going. We're yeah, going good. This. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Archaeology as the backdrop for um, these tales of high adventure, these tales of supernatural, mm -hmm. these tales of I, I I adore that. Yeah. And, and, and it almost made being smart cool. It and did. It, it did in a huge way because you show him being the professor. He's mm -hmm. a, he's just a teacher. But yeah, then just by a night, guy. just rolls on out down to Latin America, and then he's yeah, hunting yeah. his golden idol down, nearly right. getting killed. And they even make back. fun of it, as I recall, about you know what did you do, you know, like what did you do over vacation or nothing, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to say that happened in that movie. Otherwise, I'm making that up. Um, Here's but the yeah, thing that it did make make it be cool to be smart. Absolutely. I went back a, a few years ago. Because um, I hadn't seen the Indiana Jones films for a long time. It's been a year, decades. Right. So. And so I went back, and I was amazed at the cinematography. Mm -hmm. How beautiful oh, it is these beautiful. films are. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. If there's any um, argument to be made for film versus video, mm -hmm. these are the movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. All that stuff. The, the drop in the uh, lifeboat, you know. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Yeah, the, yeah, really, really great. Really, really I mean, great. They, they just look like movies, right? They look like mm -hmm. they look like what you think of, like you know, the the, the glory days of right. EGM and and, and mm -hmm. seventy millimeter wide yeah. street cinemascope. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, it's like Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Right, it's epic. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. Um, it's it's uh. uh and, and it's too bad, too, I think, because, like, I don't want it to seem like I'm shitting on these films. I'm not, by any means. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's it's really rich ground, and it's, it's interesting about how everything old is new again. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and how they're able to to uh, uh, pull it off. Because, um, again, so often sequels, it, it's worse. The, the returns are worse than, right. than we, we saw here. People still seem to have an interest. I think that's why they're... they're they're talking to about a new one. Um, the Shia LaBeouf introduction in Crystal Skull, that made that whole film, I think, feel like a transition film, like a changing of the guard Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. And then they change. it seems like they about halfway through, they changed their mind. It, it's, it's weird. Does anyone, do you know anything Chris. about that? 
Um, well, the thing... Okay, so what I know about that is... I don't think they knew what they wanted to do with that regard. Because mm-hmm. they went so many drafts with that screenplay. You had... The first one, I think, was called uh, The Saucer Men from Mars. <laughs> the second one, Frank Darabont did a fantastic draft that eventually Man. became Crystal Skull. It was called Indiana Jones and the City of the Gods. It okay. had so yeah. so much, like the opening, um, a lo- the jungle chase sequence. He had Set a in the fight. 50s, ex-Nazis yep. pursuing Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I uh, found it online, downloaded it. I've read it a couple times. It's a fantastic script. It had no Shia LaBeouf character. The mutt wasn't anywhere in there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, Indy and Marion still get married at the end because I think that was a Lucas mandate. Mm-hmm. But um, they went through so many different versions of this draft not really knowing where they wanted to go, just knowing that Lucas wanted the Crystal Skulls and Aliens, mm-hmm. that I don't know if they wanted that to be a transition. I think that elements they, of that were present, but I don't think they wanted to go through with it, again, because they couldn't get fully weird, mm-hmm. so they couldn't really allow it well, to I, transition I, I think like it that. felt like they... I think it, it, it... Clearly, Harrison Ford's getting older, and, yes. and they needed someone that could step into the shoes, because that's right. what's going to keep the franchise right. Right, 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 right. Um talks about how I'm going to read you. Spielberg conceived the idea because of real life figures such as Juan Perón from Argentina who allegedly protected Nazi war criminals. Um, there's so much. I mean, I mean, if you look at if you just look at history, there's so much there to mine. I know. Mm-hmm. Darabont's main contribution was reintroducing Marion Ravenwood as Indiana love interest, but he gave him a 13 year old daughter which Spielberg decided was too similar to Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, they they had they first called it the Atomic Ants from a Spielberg Lucas script. David Kep continued from there, giving the script the title of Destroyer of Worlds based on the Robert Oppenheimer quote. And that figures in now because now you've got now that it makes a little more sense with the the fake village in with an explosion. Right. And, I, I, and by the way, I I I love that stuff. I do. I love that stuff. The refrigerator gag is, is ridiculous, but I love the tying in to the nuclear test site, mm-hmm. yeah. all that yeah. stuff, because it was all real shit, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. stuff that you would have run into. And it brings it into a new age. I, I almost would have liked to have seen, as much as I would have liked to see, I'd love to see a... Uh, a Logan-esque Indiana Jones movie, you know, oh, where he's super uh, yes. old. Right. You know? um, wait, when you said Logan-esque, <laughs> my mind goes to, wait, Logan's Run? No, no. There's your new catchphrase, your new coin. Is is this movie Logan-esque? Right. Can we make it mo- Logan-esque? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It says here that uh, they wanted him, uh, the character of Mutt, um, to be portrayed as a nerd, but Lucas said... He wanted him to resemble Marlon Brando in The Wild One. Yeah. Because George Lucas is a dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, he, quote, he needs to be what Indiana Jones' father thought of him. The curse returns in the form of his own son. Yeah. I He's think, everything a father can't stand. I think... He's Shia LaBeouf. Well, and that's... I think that that's a big issue. I think it is, too. I think if they had gotten almost anyone else to play that role, mm-hmm. that movie would not have gotten as much derision as it did. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I like Shia LaBeouf. I actually even like him in this role. But He's great in Fury. 
But yeah. I think you're right. You could have gotten anybody else, and people would have been like, I'm on board with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you say, Shia LaBeouf is the new Indiana Jones. There's some baggage that comes mm-hmm. with that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because Both he's good the, and bad. Well, I, I, so talking about um, younger people in, in Indiana Jones things, um, what do we think about um, young Indiana Jones, the series? With uh, Sean Patrick Flannery was in it. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of notes on it. But I was about uh, to take a drink. Didn't River Phoenix play a young Indiana Jones? Yeah, yeah he, he was in the, the opening of uh, Last Crusade. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the opening yeah. of Last Crusade. Young Indy is actually something I never really found myself able to get into. It's I, slow. I have a, I have a few Went of the adaptations that IDW. No, it was Dark Horse. Dark Horse Comics did a few comic uh-huh. book adaptations of some of the episodes, mm-hmm. and I got those, and I loved those. But I, I couldn't find myself asked to watch the show itself. Series mm-hmm. lasted from 92 to 96. Had Sean Patrick Flannery, who played Indiana Jones, from 16 to 20. Corey Carrier, who played for him from 8 to 10. And George Hall, who narrated the show as a 93-year-old uh, Jones. Um, when, when again, when was the show? 92 to 96. Okay. Writers and directors on the show included Carrie Fisher, Frank Darabont, Terry Jones from um, yeah, Monty wow. Python. Wow. Nicholas Rogue and Joe Johnson. Um, people it's who starred in the, in the series were people like Daniel Craig, Christopher Lee, Catherine Judd Jones, Elizabeth Hurley, Anne Heche, Vanessa Redgrave, it's, Timothy it's, Small. It's one of those things that, like, I, I when I talk to people, I realize a lot of people haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's worth good. checking out. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. It's, it's television. It's it's nineties television. It right in my head for some reason it's it's inextricable inextricably linked to Amazing Stories. Don't ask me why. Uh, sure. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I think the graphics were a lot alike, and they yeah. came out around the same yeah, time. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But there was some great stuff. Uh, let's see. I want to talk a little bit about money. Um, they've been fairly successful. Raiders did $389 million. Uh, Temple of Doom, 333 Last Crusade, 475 And then $786 million for Crystal Skull. So the, they've the, been profitable. Well, the yeah. thing to keep in mind with each of those is they've gone up. The the profits have gone up. You, you have to also remember that the budgets have gone up. Yeah. Mm, budget. Eight, uh, going through them one through four, 18, 28, 48, and then the last one was 185. Right. Now, that, you know, we could adjust that for inflation. Right, true. But still, all clearly successful. Yeah, Reasonably absolutely. reviewed. Rotten Tomatoes, again, one through four, 96, 85, 88, 78. So, you know, it's not... None even of them even are, the, are, the worst of them, what many people would call worst, is, right. isn't terrible. People still find enough, right. you know... I mean, like, even, uh, what was it, Roger Ebert, you know, and he's a curmudgeon, or was a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his review for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was three and a half out of four stars, and he said, it's exactly the same thing. That was what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think for a lot of and people, it's like, there you go. That's absolutely It's fair. like, it's either, it's either you want it to be very similar, you want it to push, you, maybe you want it to be weird, or maybe you don't, but, you know, it's, it's a comfort, it's comfort food. Right. Right, right, right. right. Um... And it was, especially the first one, it was something that, it's it's the genius that happens periodically where someone delivers the product that the audience itself doesn't know that they want. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. And that's what... Because at that time, whenever that came out, if you had... If everything you did, was Star Wars. Yeah, and exactly. Star and you go, oh, it's going to be uh, an archaeologist, and we're going back to these old serials. Had they Star Wars and uh-huh. stuff like that, no one would have... 
bought no. that shit. No, you, you know. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was part of it, right? Was like, here's the new the new jam from the guy who gave you Star Wars. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think Spielberg was right off of Close Encounters. Yeah. At that point yeah. in time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you know he's established. Lucas is established. And then they say, here, here's peanut butter and jelly. Right. And producers like, go, fine, go for it. Yeah. Um, Damn, it's not like that today. No, it's really not. <laughs> There's so much machinery <laughs> behind the scenes. As we saw with uh, the firing of the two dudes who were uh, directing, oh, what was that? What's the the, the uh, Han Solo movie. Yeah, the Speaking Han of Solo movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And now then they get Ron Howard, who, when was the last time he made a good movie? Uh, Ron Howard? Ron Howard. Yeah. Ron Howard, look, Ron Howard doesn't make bad movies. Even that Moby Dick movie isn't terrible. Fair. But it, right. for some reason, you know, for the longest time, he was able to pluck those chords, you know, and, and it resonated yeah. with people. But lately, I don't know. It's, I think, I think it all comes back to, it, it's not the filmmakers. The filmmakers keep doing the same things. It's how the public reacts to things. And... For example, um, Heart of the Sea is a good example, right? Mm-hmm. Heart of the Sea is a is a fine movie. There's nothing wrong with that movie. People just don't give a shit. Right. That's right. basically what it comes down to. Jeez, I'm looking back. I'm it's <laughs> I'm having to go back. Right. That's like, what that, really that's what back. I was saying. Because like Angels and Demons in 2009, um, he he did the Beatles thing eight days a week in 2016 in the Heart of the Sea. Uh, there's a lot of documentary stuff. Yeah. Rush, the dilemma. So the it's dilemma. not until you, if you keep going back to, well, f- 2008, Frost, Nixon, and the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, right. Frost, Nixon's a great movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't a box office smash. No, last no. Uh, to go to get to the box office smash. Well, Jesus, it's either Da Vinci Code or Cinderella Man, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. But then even before you got. You know the missing. You got missing beautiful, beautiful mind, mind. and yeah, then yeah, still yeah. like boom, 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 boom. Those are all movies that you know you say off the top of your head. People know. But Apollo I also thirteen. Uh, right. So but I also feel like he's a guy who you know this this Han Solo thing. I keep thinking to myself like, yeah, but remember he did Willow, you know, mm-hmm, and, and I mm-hmm. think he he especially at this point he's in the same situation. Um, is it Abrams that's trying to fix Justice League? The idea that oh, it's kind it's kind of done, and now you're just sh- sort of helping it to the to the right. finish line yeah. and trying to to fix. Basically, whatever. you've been brought in because you know because the the studio knows that you're going to be like okay yeah mm-hmm. yes sir I'll do what you and want that's me what to those do. guys want right exactly yeah. the Star Wars people the Marvel people all of that that's what they want they want you the, the director that's what Whedon said about the Avengers he's like they they don't want a director they want to they want they want like a journeyman that's going to come right. in there and yeah. realize their vision mm-hmm. and at two hundred million two hundred fifty million sure yeah. sure 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 what that's this has to I do with that's Indiana that's Jones I'm not sure yeah well. <laughs> Because There's Indiana Jones is a, um, a a property that is a, a a series, and at some point, somebody's either gonna they're either gonna make the new one like they've been talking about. Mm-hmm. They will, or yeah, they're going to. they're going to reboot the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's going to be it's one of those things that will live perennial. Yeah, perennial. Right. Exactly. You know, if it'll be. You know, whoever. Then at some point they'll make a. They'll cast Chloe Moretz as Indiana Jones. As Kentucky Smith. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, 
me see here. I mean, I, I don't want to get too bogged down in, like, the particulars of the film and, and the plot and stuff, because I, I think that it's a lot of it is, it kind of is what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a, it's a roller coaster. Exactly. Right. That's like saying, okay, so at this point it goes up, now it goes down, here's the loop-de-loop. But I do think that now that Disney is involved, like, Disney doesn't care about canon, (laughs) they don't care about legacy, they're just, you know, they're just going to pump them out, and uh, they're going to do the same thing with Star Wars and all that other stuff. They're saying now that um, uh, July 10th, 2020 is the new Indiana Jones movie. Yep. Okay. Do we know anything about it whatsoever? No. no. There's no plot details as far as I know. I know David Kep is writing it again after writing uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Right. Which, by the way, worries me because I think David Kep is not a really good writer. Mm-hmm. He's not... Like, his yeah. dialogue, particularly Dude, in Spielberg he, films. Like, if you go... If you watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, pay attention to how the dialogue is directed. Sure. And go watch The Lost World Jurassic Park. Right. Pay attention to how that dialogue is directed. Because same director, same writer on both films. It's eerily similar. People are talking over each other. Right. Um, yeah. There's like weird whispering in the background. It's yeah. it's like it's it's like he writes dialogue that somehow Spielberg looks at and doesn't know what to do with it. It's mm-hmm. it's strange. I don't hmm. understand how it works. Weird, weird. Yeah. yeah. They're saying they said uh, on June 9th of twenty last year they said John Williams is definitely going to do the score. Yeah, John Williams is also getting up there. Yeah, they're all yeah. getting up there at this point. Yeah, yeah. If, if John Williams is still around, right? Yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford yeah. is still around. Right. If not, they'll just get Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah. yeah Who yeah. can oh. ape anybody? Yeah, it would be more like <laughs> have that that heavy that heavy stride can of yeah yeah yeah. Um, I I uh, you know talking about who's doing this stuff, you know. God damn it! Somebody <laughs> throw Frank Darabont a fucking bone. Jesus he's, Christ! He's one of the best writers out there. He's one of the best directors out there. Well, I don't think this recent email thing helped them because it's it made a lot of times for everyone that thought yeah right on dude there was a lot of people going like ooh but that guy again, we've talked about it before the long walk before we, we give him anything yeah, yeah, else yeah. let him do, yeah. make him do the long walk like put a gun to his head and make him do the long walk yeah. mm-hmm. um, has anyone read any of the I have a bunch of list of novelizations here I've never read any of them have you read them all I haven't read all of them but I've read some of them I do have a I won't I won't cut in I have no, a story oh, okay um so, Indiana Jones and the Genesis Deluge. Um, Rob McGregor, I think, is the author of that mm-hmm. one. He did a lot of them. Yeah, he did a lot of them. So, there's like there's a couple of main authors that did like three or four each of these novelizations. Mm-hmm. So, a funny story about that one in particular is that somehow they managed to sneak Indiana Jones saying fuck. Ah. the censors. <laughs> so, like, I, I read about it and I was like, I don't have that copy. Yeah, right? I gotta get so that. I, no, I, I had it. Yeah. And I'm like, is this the one? Please tell me. So, I... Page 168. Boom. Indiana Jones saying, fuck you and fuck your sultan. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, yeah. It somehow slipped through there. But some of these are excellent. Like, my personal favorite is Indiana Jones and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, that one is actually, out of all the ones I've read... That's where he meets Harry Potter, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You were only... all thinking it. Yeah, they were. Go ahead. Um, no, it's it's a great it's a great setup. It's so much in the vein of like the original uh, films. Oh, cool. um, you know, there's no Nazis involved, um, which 
that was one of my biggest issues with Last Crusade, but that's a segue. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like they were wedged in, right? Like it had to be like, yeah. yeah. Last, I'll come back to Last Crusade. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he ends up, you know, running afoul of some um, the the Italian government. Um, there is, you know, there's alchemy involved. There's all sorts of like more supernatural, but more on the like paganish mm-hmm. supernatural, not the like the Judeo-Christian sure, stuff sure. that's like common uh, commonly associated with the series. Um, but it, it's it's really well paced. It's really well done, and the ending kind of just like leaves it open. Mm. And like if the author had stopped there with that book, it would have been perfect. Like he made three or four more that all tied into that one book. You can just ignore those. Mm. Those they don't actually go anywhere. Mm. But yeah, a lot of these books. Um, I feel are really well written and are great examples of what you can do with Indiana Jones if you just say, George Lucas, get out of the room. Get out of the way. Well, right. and the same thing could be said for Star Wars. Uh, True. Rob McGregor is the name, Max McCoy. Yes. Uh, there's a guy, Wolfgang Holbein. Um, and then when you get, there was a series of books called Find Your Fate, which I guess is one of those, like, you multiple ending ones. But a lot of those were written by uh, R.L. Stein. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did a lot of them. And, and someone named Maggie, Megan Stein, I don't know. If, and H. William Stein, I don't know if that's like maybe a wife and a kid. Or uh, there maybe was, Ghost. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe a Ghost. Uh, more William McKay, Les Martin is one. There was a Young Indiana, Random House had a bunch of Young Indiana Jones books. Um, Bantam did, Ballantine. There were some graphic novels by Dan Barry. There were some non-fiction books that were both mostly using the character. Um, Indiana Jones explores ancient Egypt, explores ancient Rome, ancient Greece. I might have a couple of those. Yeah. Have, have you ever seen the... There's a... I want to say it's called Secret of the Incas. It's yeah. a 1960 film with Charlton Heston. Yeah. It is. It is it Indiana, is Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. If you yeah. look on YouTube, it's there in your it, it, in its entirety. But it's called Secret of the Incas, and yeah. it, it is straight up Raiders of the Lost. The um, when they were doing the con- the conceptualization for Raiders, uh, Jim Steranko. Did, oh really? Yeah, he did a lot of the concept art for uh, Raiders. Wow. That guy. Oh God, yes. Yeah. But um, he he pulled a lot of the inspiration. From Harry Steele in Secret of the Incas, okay. and the um, I forget her name, but the uh, costume designer for Raiders basically said Indiana Jones is a kindler, gentler Harry Steele. Sure. Yeah. But sure, that, yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. He's because Charlton Heston in that movie is an asshole. Oh, definitely. He's a he's a Absolutely. complete asshole. Um, but it, it it even has this scene where he puts the thing on the staff and he uses yeah, the light right. thing and yeah. the whole yards. There's so much there. Um, no one will notice if we borrow that. Mm-hmm. It's old. Have you ever done? Have you ever done the ride? Oh, multiple times. Ride is um, cool, dude. I used to live in California. Uh, that's where I grew up. Uh-huh. So what I would do is, you know, you get to like an hour before the park closes, yeah. and they just cut the ticket price in half. Yeah. So I would go with my friends. We would go like maybe two, three times a week. Yeah. We would go troll downtown Disney. Go on all the rides because there will be no one in line because no everyone's trying to get out. I've been on that ride like maybe 20, 30 times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was cool. It. it is a great They've ride. They've changed it over the years. Yes. But I went I went after it first opened, and it was very cool. Um, there's a bunch of them. There's um, a, a stunt show at Disney's Hollywood Studios. There's um, a, sh- a roller coaster in Disneyland Paris. There's... Um, the one Indiana Adventure in uh, Indiana Jones Adventure in Anaheim, and there's one in Tokyo. There's a bar 
Jock, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. I heard about that. At the Walt Disney World Resort. I, I, I want to check it out. Like I, I'd like I, to go in the same way I'd like to go to the Giger Bar. I want to say... A, it's a bar. I want to say one of my Facebook friends like was one of the people behind like decorating. Oh, really? Yeah, That's yeah, very yeah. cool. It was very cool. On a, on a quick Giger segue, um, have you ever seen the uh, Polish uh, international poster for Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. Okay. You should check this thing out. You at home should do this, too. So, you basically, you have this very Giger-ish skull in black and white. So, it looks like a Cthulhu-ish skull. Oh, right. okay. And the whip, Indiana Jones' bullwhip, is like like sewn through the eye holes and out the nose. And it's, it's the only thing in color. And it looks like a red snake is winding its way through this Cthulhu-ish yeah. Giger skull. Dude, that skull. is so cool. Go check out Polish versions of American movie posters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fucked up and yeah. amazing. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to nominate uh, Christopher Golden as yeah. as somebody to write all future Indiana Jones shit. I'd be down with that. You yeah, know who I would love to see, and uh, it, it, it's nice that you brought that up because it reminded me of bringing this guy up, Mark Frost. He co-wrote Twin Peaks. Yes, he, he did. Co-wrote. Uh, he wrote a movie called The Greatest Game Ever Played with Shia LaBeouf about a golf game. But right. more importantly, he wrote a book called The List of Seven and the Six Messiahs. It's two books. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, it's essentially um, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle in his psychic investigations meets right. up with a guy who is Sherlock Holmes. And the two of them go on this wild. It's very. It's yeah. there's a whole scene in the Dude, in I, the basement of the London Museum. Ooh, They're I, on top of trains. I have them right over there. Oh, perfect. Yeah, love yeah, yeah. That kind of shit. It's it's so good, and it's it's these books. It's one of those things where if someone, if I'm somewhere at a writer's thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and someone brings that up. It's like, oh, oh, because <laughs> you want to talk about it because no yeah. one ever mentions it. But yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they're really good and they're really well written. I so love, I'd love to see him do it. I love stuff like that. I, I, I think as people who have listened before know, I love um, Lansdale. Mm-hmm. And the the one thing that I that I. Uh, I don't know. I, well, the one complaint I have against Lansdale is that whenever he does stuff like that, it's always in a really jokey kind mm-hmm. of manner. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Wild Bill Hickok is gay, and he's got this, like, robot yeah, lover. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, silly, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I love whenever somebody takes the shit seriously, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, man, we have, like, Greg Bear with Dinosaur Summer. Yeah. Where we have, like, Willis O'Brien is on this <laughs> with You've Ray Harryhausen. Oh my yeah. god, it's like it's fucking unreal, and I'm just like, yes, someone make this movie. God damn it, please. Right on. Let me let me do some cleanup here. Uh, bunch of toys, twelve inch figures. There was a iconic pinball machine that that right is still cool. Oh yeah, to play a uh, bunch of role playing games. You know, so it shows how pervasive. The character was. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at whatever it was. adult novels. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana well, Jones and the Brothel of Doom. <laughs> that is a that is a tomb that I don't, I don't think you should explore, Doctor Jones. <laughs> He's like, shut up. Why does it have to be snakes? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's no, it's not. It's not. It's not that kind of. It's His more whip 
it's more like <laughs> rot into play. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's going in a direction I'm <laughs> That's what you're with. calling a booby trap. Alright. So I'm trying to see what else. So I think we hit this before, but personally do what what are our favorites of the series? And then we'll get out of here. Um, yeah, so um personally I think Temple's my personal favorite. Okay. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Raiders after that, then Kingdom, then Crusade. <laughs> Okay. One of the things also is I was listening to I forget his name. He's a, yeah, an Indian comic, but um, he was talking about how how racist uh, Temple is about how it's like oh you know why does the only time you see Indian people in there eating monkey brains and bugs and and it's just weird sort of position it comes from about look at all these well, wacky cultures and their wild customs and that's that's actually funny because one of the things um the the actor who played uh Chatterlal, he was the maharaja's aide mm-hmm. roshan mm-hmm. seth and he says that he's talked to a lot of people who are like you're a really intelligent guy why would you put yourself as an indian actor in a movie like this especially with a scene like this and he's like it was supposed to be a joke it was uh, supposed to be like look we're going to we're going to show these white people like oh they're they're always talking about how crazy Indian people eat well mm. the joke is that the the Maharaja is serving them this crazy food just to like fuck, fuck with them yeah 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 and he's yeah, like yeah. that was supposed to be the gag but it was too subtle yeah. everybody just saw this gross out scene well it was hard also for them you know once you get short round yeah <laughs> right yeah but but anyway your favorites <laughs> well uh, yeah uh, there's my lineup is exactly the same as Chris's. Yeah. Uh, it goes Temple, and yeah, I would it agree. goes um, Raiders, uh-huh. and then it goes Crystal Skull, and then it goes Crusade, the last Crusade. Mm. Um, and uh, I, kn- I, I know that, it, like, some fans of Indiana Jones, like, would would at those last two, they would be like, you know, fuck you. Right, there's, <laughs> you know. Torches and pitchforks. Yeah, but the Last Crusade is just not that great of a film. It's not. It's I think it's, part of for me what the reason why it suffers the most is is like I'm looking at I'm I'm the movie is about Indiana Jones and I'm looking at, at Indiana Jones right and I can't help but feel hey that's James Bond next to exactly you. yeah <laughs> you know yeah 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 and I just yeah. keep waiting for him to doctor the 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 father to go bang a chick and shoot a guy while he's doing it well here's the thing <laughs> you know is is. Because he does, Bond does that in in Doctor No. Just as, just as, uh, I think Shia LaBeouf was probably not the best choice mm-hmm. for uh, Crystal Skull. I think maybe Sean Connery was not the best choice. Yeah, but I, I would have loved to see like Peter O'Toole, Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe somebody who's done something similar. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love that you bring up the James Bond connection because I kind of feel, a little anecdote, I think Connery brought a little bit of that Bondianness to it because the the scene, that scene where he uh, where India asks, is like, how did you know she was a Nazi? Right. And he goes, well, she talks in her sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Connery improvised that line. Oh, cool. And everybody on the set died, and Spielberg's like, all right, well, that's in. Yeah, that's clearly <laughs> That's... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would, I would agree. I think it, 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 it doesn't know what it wants to be out of the box, and that therefore it, it never knows when it gets there. Right. So, getting back to um, uh, criticisms that people had of, like, for lack of a better word, racism mm-hmm. in in these films. Um, 
I, I do think you have to kind of look at where the source material is coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. And remember, these are referencing films that where black guys carried boxes on their heads. Right. Exactly. Through the jungle and, and the eat. Exactly. Yeah. You know, right. Wanna know? Play that. Right. Of and Gunga Din, in which yeah. you know the the lead guy is playing is is a white guy in in brownface. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. these are not movies that are gonna gonna be made these days. You can't make that kind of a movie these days. Right. I think it would have been it would have been tone deaf. To try to make that better, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's yeah. like at some point you would have gone like, yeah, but you know, Dash I, Riprock was kind of. I do. I do think it's a good thing to acknowledge that, like, the problematic aspects of that, mm-hmm. like the the race, like the races. It's it important. doesn't matter if it's intentional or whatnot. But it's, it's important. Like, yeah. To talk about it. It's yeah. important yeah. to talk about acknowledging because, like, you can still like these movies and say, look, this is what's in here. Like, I like the movie for the movie, but this is what's in here. Now let's have a conversation about why that shouldn't be in there. Right. And you can build from that and you can take that and spin off of it. Absolutely. Uh, if you look at... Um, this stuff basically developed from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you really... I mean, if you... if you Big White Hunter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and if you look at... Um, if you look at the way that different cultures were treated in Pulp Fiction, of course, it's... It's it's racist. It's it's from the early twentieth century. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that was foreign was the bad guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a lot of the jingoism. Super yeah. super colonial. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the trick is, as a modern filmmaker, is how do we do this mm-hmm. and not make it that? Yeah. Well, I think it's it would it would be to the it would be wrong to go. Oh no 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 no. It's like yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it needs yeah. to be there, and it right. needs to be on the table. And um, anytime you talk about H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar mm-hmm. Rice Burroughs, mm-hmm. any any. Oh, of these look schools. at how how it, how Burroughs is completely. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so, mean, even the the King Solomon's Mines, where like one of the first things he mm-hmm. does is he starts to call oh. his African uh, guides. He starts to call them the N word, but then he like specifically stops himself, almost to like elevate himself. He's like, "No, lesser men use that word." And it's like, "Well, buddy, well, thanks, Lord. That's, that's you're not. Wait, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the other part of it is, is that at the time that a lot of this stuff was happening. You know, you were having, I forget his name, the guy that found um, Tut's tomb. There were real people. Yeah, there were real people out there that were doing this Indiana Jones shit. Mm -hmm. And so, again, the audience didn't even know they wanted it until they had it. Right. So, all right. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see a, so we've had, we've had Indiana Jones. We've had a girl Indiana Jones. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like, with boobs. And... I want to see a non-white Indiana Jones. Oh yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Why does it have to be the Great White Hunter? Right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Doing yeah. all that stuff. I've I've been saying for years if they ever reboot it, just put Idris Elba in as Indiana Jones. Idris Elba is James Bond. He's James Jones. He's fucking. He's Harry Nation. Idris Elba is Harry Nation. I'll even do you. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. Give me. Lupita Nyong'o as the Indiana Jones character. Oh, shit. Give me her as the Indiana Jones character. I will sit down for that. I guarantee you the audience will sit down for that. That, because that's... that's, Have you seen the video of her at Comic-Con? Oh, absolutely. It's so great. Absolutely. That's really cool. You know, know, I mean, especially with Black Panther coming out, it's like, you know, and, um, like, 
the uh, the the movie Girls Trip mm-hmm. um, with Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett Smith, and Tiffany it. Haddish. Yeah, exactly. Like she breaks, she's the, she's breaking out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like st- studios are s- need to get it through their thick skulls. It's like, look, you can't just cast the white dude in the role and expect right, yeah, a yeah, name yeah, yeah. to take it over. It's but like give us a diverse cast. Let's take a second and ask why why wasn't. Um, Romancing the Stone as successful. Why wasn't it was though? It wasn't. Was it, it? it didn't have the cultural footprint that the right. other one did. But it it was. I remember what the when why it not the Alan Quarterman's stuff. Well, because I think um, one Richard Chamberlain's a TV actor in sure. a lot of people's minds. He had right, already right, done right. Thornbirds, and by then we'd already seen a couple of them. In he did Thornbirds. Right. He did Shogun. He had done yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. whatever. What, what was the what Shogun was the show that he did back in the sixties? Oh, Doctor Kildare. Yeah, Doctor Kildare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't so, know why that so it was just kind of viewed as it was. Like, it was lesser. overkill. It was zombie movies at the time. At the, right. You know, everyone yeah. was putting one out, and you mm-hmm. know. As as you get deeper into series, it it gets weaker. The more product, the more muddy the water becomes. What is the most recent thing that we've seen uh, like that, that? kind of mines this? Yeah. Oh, I'm ge- you got to say Da Vinci Code. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Um, if you want to look at video games, the Uncharted series. Uncharted, completely Uncharted. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Which yeah, yeah. In just a, cause. Too. Yeah, yeah, uh, and Uncharted has actually. Um, since we're you know kind of bridging off of the the non-white character, right, right, right. Um, they have a new game. It's a spin-off. It's called The Lost Legacy. It comes out in like a week, uh-huh. and um, it actually has two women of color as the leads, huh. and they're the ones who are on this quest through these ancient ruins. Cool. So they're like, there you go. So like, if if that's something you want to see, go go check that game out because you've got. You're Lara Croft, you've got the female lead, mm-hmm. but it's also a woman of color, mm-hmm. um, and two of them, and they, they kick ass, they take names, and it's it, it looks it looks like it's going to be fantastic. And Naughty Dog does great I, writing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, what do you do with a list of names? Like, after, you, after you've kicked ass and you've taken their name, what do you do with the names? <laughs> anyway, Maybe right. that's how Santa Claus got there. He's got the list of names. That's now he figures out who's naughty or those nice. Those are the notches on your belt, sir. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a break here, and um, we'll come back in just a second.
Okay, so we're back. I'm going to do some news and stuff. Chris is going to stick around, and that's awesome. And so we're going to go through some deaths. Right. As we always do. Who died? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> number, number one, uh, Barbara Cook. She was a vocalist. No one's ever heard of her, but mm. she was a really... She was in Music Man. Okay, okay. And there was that. Uh, these, uh, Arlene, the next name is Arlene Gottfried. She was Gilbert Gottfried's sister. Right. But she was also a famous New York photographer. Right. Um, and finally, of course, Glenn Campbell. Yeah, Glenn Campbell, uh, what, 81? Is yeah. that correct? Mm-hmm. So, um, like so, so we've been kind of, well, we, it, like anybody who's paid any attention, has kind of been waiting for this mm-hmm. for a few years. He did the documentary recently. The documentary was great. Um, is it called... Uh, I won't miss you, mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I, I know that that's the song. Anyways. But he was deep into Alzheimer's. Yeah, and and, and it begs you know it begs the question of how much of that was him and how much of that was his family, mm-hmm. kind of orchestrating that. I don't know. Well, I read an article and they were talking about how he he still wanted to keep performing, and a lot of times he was working off of a teleprompter. And a lot of times he kind of needed help getting from one, you know what I mean? Getting focused. Sure, sure. But the second you put a guitar in his hand. Yeah, bam. Boom. Yeah, he was He there. was back. Pretty so amazing. For, I, I, Glenn Campbell is one of those guys that, for me, was always, he was always there, right? Yeah. He was always part of the scene. He was part of the Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. He was part of the. Um, he was the ba- in the backup band on Hee Haw and a bunch of other. He stuff. was in the Beach Boys for yeah, about a minute and a half. Exactly, and he was a, like a lot of these guys. Uh, Roy Clark comes to mind. Absolutely, amazing instrumentalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get marginalized because of their well, association thinks, with country. Everyone thinks it's Glenn Campbell's Good Time Hour, and right. or they think of him as the guy in True Grit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, go on YouTube and look up. There's a he from his show. It's a version of him doing "I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry." Right. Jesus Christ! It's, it's amazing. So good. And I just saw him doing the William Tell Overture on guitar. Holy shit! And I just amazing. saw him do "Amazing yeah, Grace" amazing. on fucking bagpipes. Nice. And that's yeah, awesome. And it rocks. Yeah, so as many times as we've seen "Amazing Grace" on bagpipes. Mm-hmm. His version, by far the best. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was one of those guys, man, that that could play anything. You know, I like, think couldn't he... read music, but uh, was there are licks now. I, I none come right to mind, but that he's responsible for some shit that is like Absolutely. integral in in music. So. Um, I, I will say this. I think a lot of people um, have uh, a. I, for lack of a better word, a stunted, a stunted view of Glenn Campbell because of Rhinestone Cowboy. Yeah. Much like people, when they think of Rod Stewart, they think of, if you think of sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not Glenn Campbell. Scratch, was, even if you scratch, if you barely scratch the surface, right. you, you get things like Galveston and by the time I, yeah, I, I get to Phoenix and Wichita, Wichita Lyman, Lyman. Just like... It's still slaves. fucking amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all, you know, there was that, that era when back when everyone had a little TV show mm-hmm. and they did all the variety shows were big. That's why that's why I love that movie. Um, what's the movie that John C. Reilly did? 
um, walk hard. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> because because it's so true. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. fucking body had one yeah. of those shows. And he would all you. He was a pre, uh, a constant guest on things like when Johnny Cash had a variety yeah. show when. Sonny and Cher Edison. Glenn right. Campbell was great. He's good stuff. he's one of the good people and now he's gone. Yeah. Uh okay, moving on to news. There's a lot we're gonna go through pretty quickly. Some of these are really infuriating. I want you right now. <laughs> Let's start with a really shitty one. NBC is redoing the Munsters. They're calling they're saying that the series is set amidst Brooklyn hipsters. <laughs> go Chris! <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Seth Meyers is, is producing it. And I just have to ask, what was wrong with uh, Mockingbird Lane? With uh, uh, Fred... No. Uh, Eddie Izzard uh, was in it. And, yes, yes, uh, I remember that. See, the, the kid from Stand By Me is in it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, yeah, like, yeah, as soon yeah, as you yeah. said that, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, didn't they try this yeah. already? Yeah. It's, uh, Mockingbird Lane, it's on YouTube, and you can it's find fine. it. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's for what it is. If you're going to reboot it, it's not a bad reboot. But right. this yeah. sounds terrible. Brooklyn Hipsters. Yeah. I always thought of the Munsters as like the Kmart to... Uh, the Adams Family Target. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, but I've gotten into heated arguments about not only Adams Family, or, which over who's over Adams Family of the Monsters, sure. but also the the perennial argument is Lily over Lily and Morticia. Over, oh, Morticia. oh, Jesus! Sure. Do I? I don't I, think well, I. No, no, yeah, no. I won't. Morticia. As a yeah. as a as yeah. a kid yeah. at the time. They were both awesome. Sure. And yeah. <laughs> As we know, like to say here, young Tom liked them both. But yeah. More monsters on TV. Yeah, we're good. More <laughs> happy uh, language. One of my favorite posts that I see pop up on Tumblr every now and again is like uh, something about like, yeah, well, not all men are pieces of trash. And someone always responds. So it's like, yeah, you're right. Gomez Adams would never treat a woman like that. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And then it's I can't even, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I, I, I could do an Adam Family show just because. God, it, it, dude, they, they we, were they were such a like I didn't have a mom and a dad, so I that I, I always thought well that's the way you treat okay. your wife. So right. so yeah. now we have a new topic for a new show. We'll do a new show. The Adams Family. We need oh, to find man. a good guest. John Aston. Okay. Oh. No, no, no. Good luck with that. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio cast himself. As Leonardo da Vinci. What? <laughs> yeah, he's, his production company. Supposedly his his mother named him Leonardo because she was looking at a piece of Leonardo da Vinci art and he kicked. So she named him Leonardo. Oh, okay. And now he's going to do a like a bio on Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. So I, I just wanted to go him him to go. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> go ahead. So so I think the problem with any Leonardo da Vinci film. Uh huh. Or 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 the or the the the, the plus to it mm. is that that was so fucking long ago. We don't really we know some things about Leonardo da Vinci. Right. Here's we right. know the facts, <clears throat> but we don't know sort of. I but I, I here's what I say: you you do Leonardo da Vinci bio, but you do it completely unblemished. You you you're upfront about. Uh, sexuality, sexuality, right, and right, about right. all that other stuff. Yeah. So, 
I'm a little interested, but I don't see him doing that. No. Yeah, I don't see uh, him doing that at all. No, I don't I, know. I'm not in. Although you know, he was he. They did the Aviator, but Scorsese was involved. I think. Yeah. I, well, okay, so I think the Aviator is great. I love that movie. Mm. I think the Revenant was great. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think. I mean, here's the problem: is I think people have in mind Leonardo DiCaprio from. Mm-hmm. A while ago, yeah, he's he's a different guy now. He's yeah. an older guy, yeah, and he can fucking act, you know? yeah. Uh, um, so maybe uh, the only thing that gives me pause is that he cast himself, <laughs> yeah. But then again, that's what he's in the business of doing, right? Right. Just in the same way Tom Cruise does that. That's true. So it's no longer like casting myself. It's like I'm mounting a Leonardo DiCaprio project. Right. right. Uh, have, either, have either of you seen Da Vinci's Demons? No. Have you seen? Have you heard of that show? No. Um, so basically, you got it's it's the adventures of a, a young Leonardo da Vinci, and um, it's going through like uh, historical pieces in time. He's coming up with all these crazy inventions, but there's this like Illuminati like conspiracy to find. Oh God, what is? It's something along the lines of like the Garden of Eden or something like that. Okay. It's, it's been a while since I've seen <laughs> it, and I'm making it sound horrible. But, let me tell you something. Like, the show is intriguing. It's a whole lot of sex and nudity. Wow. The action is fantastic. The what, acting is Because when I think, <laughs> like, Leonardo DiCaprio, or uh, Leonardo da Vinci, and Spartacus. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> All the nudity is... Caligula! And... <laughs> I just don't see the... I just don't see the... Plus, I don't see the end game. Where's your, where's your big climax? It's just... What, he's making stuff? I don't know. Right. I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't get that. There's this whole like weird time travel element to it where he can Wait, see himself. The, yeah. <laughs> it's like he can kind of see things into the future and he goes, Wait, how do I... Wait, what is going on here? Uh, it's, did, it's, I won't spoil it. What, what network carried it? It was on Stars. It, they did three seasons. They specifically Leonardo's did... Or Le- da Vinci's da Demons. Da Vinci's Demons. Like, okay. you, you can get it on Amazon for like 10 bucks the first season. I remember... Season. Okay, so I remember... I remember the Da Vinci's, I can't remember what it was called, but it was the invention show where mm-hmm. it's like people were making shit based on Leonardo. Oh, yeah, da yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, what was that called? I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I have to, I have to admit, Leonardo Da Vinci is one of my heroes. Mm. Like, because here's a dude that was like, he was like a scientist. He was a fucking sculptor. He was a painter. Mm-hmm. He was a draftsman. He was an engineer. Holy fuck! He's, yeah, he was like Henry Rollins. <laughs> I think you would like this. Like they really play wow. into like, yeah, they really play into a lot of of that. Along with his like neuroses, they do play on the whole sexuality bit. Oh, cool. Um, you know, they like they acknowledge like there's this one episode where they openly acknowledge he's like, no, he was into men too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's 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 a really great insight. It's like, okay, what if we had sort of a fantastical element to Leonardo? Da Vinci, and we Wait, ran oh, with it. Oh, so oh, okay, so there's there's kind of a uh, there's a. Uh, I can't believe we're. I'm excited. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is important, Tom. <laughs> I love this shit. Um, so there's so there's a a supernatural element. There's a, there's a bit of a supernatural element okay. to it. There's a bit of a like I hesitate to say like steampunkian element, but but like it it dives a lot into. Da Vinci's inventions and the machines that he okay, created. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. All right. It's, All right. It's, it's worth a look. At least watch the first couple episodes and go, okay. I will check it out. Yeah. Uh, Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool, is doing a 
book I always heard was unfilmable, and that's William Gibson's Neuromancer. I think in light of things like Ready Player One, sure. That and yeah. Blade Runner coming out. I don't know anything about Neuromancer. It, it's oh. very does it have cyberpunk. Any, hold on. Oh. Does it have anything to do with computers? Yes. Yes. That's why I don't know shit about <laughs> it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. shit. Does it have to do yeah. with gears and... No, like, this says... Oh, no, no. God damn it. I wasn't... I, I'm, if, now, See, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I want to say that this was where Gibson first coined the term the internet. Was it Neuromancer? It was either this or Snow Crash. Yeah, it I was in that, one of the, one of the two. two. But, like, cy- cyberspace. Cyberspace. Yeah. This was where cyberspace became, like, a common term it's for It's super people. hard sci-fi. Oh, so... Yeah. Yes. If yeah. they're smart, I will, they'll... I will not read or watch any of this shit. Yeah. It's it's a really important <laughs> book. And, and if you're into that, it's right. really important. Right. I don't know about Miller, but... Fuck me, if Fincher was directing that, that Aronofsky. would be... Oh. Yeah, Aronofsky would be great. Damn, We're going to get to that guy. Damn. Anyway. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> this won't mean anything to anybody, but Universal had started its own comedy streaming service called CISO, and they were dumping money. They were handing money out just to any comic to do a stand-up. Uh-huh. Joe Stanhope did one. Joey Kogo Diaz is one. Universal shutting it down. Because <laughs> yeah. I guess it wasn't, it well, wasn't profitable. Well, well, shit. The fact that you had to explain what it was to us. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, they're doing. We talked in a past episode about them doing a Shaft reboot. Yeah. Uh, and th- this week it was announced that it's it's a... Comedy. Of course no. it is. There's, there's been no cast, and there's been nothing really talked about, but they're definitely saying that they're going in a comedic direction. That's, and I thought, didn't we already see that with Black Dynamite? Black and, Dynamite, did Oh, they? my God. Yeah. Black yeah. Dynamite. Black Dynamite I mean, is great. Yeah, it's great that, stuff. Oh, God. You yeah. can even say Undercover Brother to an extent. Undercover Brothers are great. I, it is. I don't like it that. Is. I don't like like a lot of comedies, but other, Undercover Brother makes me laugh every time I see it. <laughs> that and another movie, um, the, uh, Tim Meadows in the movie called The Ladies Man. <gasps> the Ladies Man. The ladies man. Oh my so god! The Ladies Man is fucking hilarious. That movie yeah. is disgustingly hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure you heard about this, but in the, the new Hellboy reboot that they're doing. Mia yes. Jovovich was cast as the Blood Queen. The Blood Queen. No fucking way. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. now that she's officially done with Resident Evil, she's well, going to do this. Yeah, she's she's free agent. Yeah. yeah, the last thing I heard was Ian McShane's Professor Broom. Which, wow. Yeah. Ian McShane in any name. Seriously. It's great. great. But Mia Jovovich as the Blood Queen. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. I'm super happy with everything that they're doing. With it's, I, so I'm not against it. The only, you know, the only thing is like, God damn it. Like, everybody else wanted to do it. Like, why not let them make the fucking right. movie, you know? It doesn't make sense. Other than, the, I guess, this, the second Hellboy, uh, uh, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but no. it, 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 it's, it's, it's not bad. Not it's even, not a bad film. It's not bad enough to, to say, okay, we need to do a from-the-ground-up no. reboot on this. So, I agree. Eh, I'm like, I'm... I liked both of Del Toro's movies, but both of them felt to me more like Guillermo Del Toro's Hellboy. Yeah. And I, I didn't get a lot of Mignola's Hellboy out of that. Yeah. So, we, like, I enjoy them for what they are. Oh, and then oh. that second one. When we get to the... What's the Stop thing? it. Stop. Oh. I know exactly what you're going to say. The Barry Manilow The song. Barry Manilow. Yeah. Oh, God oh. damn it. God. But Luke, I'll tell you what. I will say this about the second Hellboy. Luke Goss is great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's fantastic. He's great. Yeah. He's yeah. great in uh, Blade Two. Yeah, he yeah. is. Absolutely. Yeah, he's super yeah. good. Um, uh, By okay. the way, uh, 
I know we've talked about it because the trailer came out already on the show, but I, I cannot wait for the next Del Toro film. Yeah. Mm. Which I, the, the title which escapes me. Something yeah. in the water. Yeah. Some ghost in the water. Something. Holy something shit, that looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> looks great. It's, it's like it's like Abe Sapien's Origins. Yeah, like, it looks like that. It, we we talked about that on the past show. Oh god. Um, there's, have you seen the trailer? Oh, I have. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, I I saw a thing. I'm I'm a huge Tumblrite, so everything I see comes from Tumblr. Mm-hmm. But someone was like a transcript of how he presented it. So in my next movie, this woman fucks a fish man. And the executives are like, uh, and he slams his hands down on the table. She fucks a fish it's man! It's like, oh, god damn it! <laughs> this is what's happening! <laughs> I made Pacific Rim! I love Del Toro. I do. Hilarious. <laughs> he came out with some, some booze, some limited edition bottle of booze, but the case is really, really Oh, cool. yeah, it's like badass. It's, it's almost like a crimson yeah, yeah. pink. Just oh, look it up. Liquor. Oh. Gamble Del Toro liquor. I think it's not, it might be tequila or something. I'm sure okay. it's tequila. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's got like this red... Uh, it's it's, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Netflix <laughs> bought Mark Millar's Millar World, which I guess includes everything from Kick-Ass to Kingsman. Okay. And they're going to go fig, make a universe. Okay. Well, well, can we not, like... Look, I like Mark Millar. I like Mark Millar when he's been adapted into something that's a little less offensive than what he does. Mm-hmm, right. Because as a writer, as a comic book writer, he goes for the easy buttons mm. and for the most offensive buttons, and he just, like, screws it up to ten. Like, wow. Wanted, the comic book, it's the only thing I've ever read where I felt physically sick afterwards. Huh. Like, I felt disgusted by that. Wow. And I loved, I loved the movie for what it yeah, was. I wish funny. I... Read it now so that I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking it's just, about. It's so, it's just like, I don't know, I don't know. There's something about it where, where his depictions of the heroes and the villains in this universe and then everything they well, do, me, it's like... Let me ask this. Does he suffer from the um, Frank Miller syndrome where <laughs> <laughs> his personal views kind of enter in a little too much into the story? I, no, definitely not. Like, I mean, you know... Uh, the best example that I've got is uh, the Authority comic book. You know, you had Warren Ellis writing it and creating it, and you right. had all these characters. You had this, you had this uh, gay superhero couple, the Midnighter and Apollo, and they're written really well. Then Mark Millar comes on, and the first thing he does is he has his supervillain basically anal rape Apollo, who is the Superman of this universe. Right, right, right. That's Mark Millar in a nutshell. Oh, okay. Well, I guess with that, without that thinking, you don't get to kick ass. But right, come on, I agree. I agree. Right, Stop. it's like if you're gonna. It's like it's like the. Well, Stephen that'll never hit Netflix. It's like the Stephen no. King thing, right? Yeah. It's like, I love Stephen King. I love Stephen King, but he, he often, not always, often feels the need to put in something, that makes me go, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, know, Stephen King should never write black people ever again. That and there's always his King handles sex really weird. Badly. Really, really, yeah, really poorly. poorly. Like, you know, uh, it's coming out soon, right? Uh-huh. I've never been okay with the whole scene where all the boys have to, have to... Oh, yeah. Have sex in, with the with the girl. In, mm-hmm. yeah. I've never understood that. It never yeah, made really any weird. sense No, it's, it's... He was... That was drugs and alcohol. There was like, cocaine. I suppose an argument could be made that, like, you know, she has to be... Uh, you know, a woman in order to it, it, it just it just reeks of like you're nah. just, you're there are ways be, to do that without being gang gang. and weird. Right, yeah. just yeah, go yeah, outside yeah. and think about yeah, what yeah, you've yeah. done and yeah, yeah. don't do it again right. ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Disney is pulling all of its content from streaming services, and the very next day Netflix says, oh, wait a minute, and so I think they're renegotiating, but they were talking about pulling everything. Well, I think... Everything from the Disney films to the Star Wars films to the Indiana Jones films. I think that that's a, I think that that's a huge mistake on Disney's part, mm -hmm. because Netflix is, is so ingrained in people yeah. now. So powerful. Yeah. And people are going to be like, fuck, I, gotta, I have to like subscribe to yet another well, that's service? what's happening right. is everyone's doing that between um uh, uh like patreon only uh content right, right and and more and more look at the new star trek they're going to do one episode on cbs and then the rest of them you have to pay to right access right their goofy system which you're really only accessing for one show yeah right and i kind of say fuck that you know fuck you. Yeah, i'll wait yeah. till it comes out on dvd exactly yeah so. seriously Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, and I don't know how many people I know who are like, is it on Netflix? Okay, I guess I'm not watching yeah. it. Or yeah, like, right. some people talk to me about it, like, oh, you should watch it on Hulu. I'm like, I'm not sitting down in front of my computer to boot up Hulu so I can watch a show. Right. Like, well, if, if it's not on Netflix, yeah. or whatever. Well, you end up like the situation. I currently, and I don't even ask me how, I have subscriptions to HBO Go, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and I'm constantly chasing shit around. It's just like, stop it. Right. Well, so, so I, I... But it's the only way they're making... The studios are making their money back, you know? Right. Well, I love the idea that there's competition. That's great. Yeah. You know? However, how many fucking things... Do, I have a hard enough time remembering my fucking password for... Uh, like fucking online banking account, much less like bullshit like this. Yeah, my MGM Go. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's, the more the more you make it difficult for me to watch, I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't right. want to subscribe to something just to get one thing. Uh, they announced uh, Letterman's doing a show. For, speaking of Netflix, doing a show for Netflix, and if it's anything like the show he's doing for IFC or was it IFC or Sundance. It's all I'm all for it. It's just he's just an interview show. There's a great piece out now you can find it on YouTube with him talking about coal with uh, uh, Al Franken. Yeah, and it's super very it's super cool because it's it's Letterman being not not. Being, go ahead. I was gonna say not being uh, Letterman the brand. Right. It's him being himself. He's not a talk show host and all of the cliches and the tropes that go right. with that. It's just him. In the midst of talking, like with the Sal Franken thing, Al Franken's giving him shit, and he's giving him shit back, and yeah. it just seems in fact, great. In fact, that when you describe that, Al Franken and David Letterman are probably—that's probably like the most perfect interview I can think yeah. of. That's, it's, yeah, it's yeah really that sounds cool. awesome. Let's see. Uh, Carl Urban is officially in talks to do Mega City One. Oh, oh. That'd be cool. oh. yeah, yeah. I liked Carl Urban's. Uh, he's in the new Thor Ragnarok for a minute. Which I, yeah. I, I hope that they do with his character, well, what they did with that character in the comic books. If mm -hmm. they do it, um, if, if they pull it off, it's going to be pretty fucking epic. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm down to watch Carl Urban in anything, I, to I'm down to, to do... Uh, it, it could get me to watch TV. A weekly... If they don't fuck with it, if they show me what they showed me in Dread, right. with the same level of violence and everything else, mm -hmm. right. I mean, bring well, it to TV, run they, it through your Spartacus filter... And let's go. Yeah. It's Judge Dredd. Let's go. Yeah, Seriously. Yeah. yeah. That slow motion shit from the new Dredd movie mm. was like so fucking and, cool. it, and And within the context of the plot, the idea that they've introduced this drug that slows time, so right. 
by the guy injecting himself, the time slows. And yeah. it's just such a cool idea. It is a cool idea. Um, this one had me scratching my head. Kate Blanchett is doing a bio on Lucille Ball. Um, I know. I, no, I see it. I see, see it? it. Yeah, I, I know she's. I've seen her in the getup, and it's buyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you have to remember that at the end of the day, everyone. When you say Lucille Ball, everyone thinks I love Lucy. But when you realize that bef- beyond that, it was Desi Lu, and yeah, right. and her yeah. and Desi, like Desi's responsible for what they now call the three camera shoot. Right. Um, they were they shepherded people along. They did a lot of their responsibility for things like Green Acres and all that other shit. Right. Star Trek. So Star much. Trek. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I I think Kate's a good choice. I can I can buy it if I can buy Kate Blanchett as Bob uh, Dylan. Bob Dylan, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, if yeah, I can absolutely. buy her as Bob Dylan, I can buy her as anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, here's another one: Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Six as a human. He's playing the prototype for the T-800. The guy that they use to to I sure whatever. Fine. If you're gonna do I mean, it. Okay, but see, but that's how we keep getting these these movies made because we keep getting fucking <laughs> dudes saying, oh fuck, sure, uh, fine, whatever. Sure. Here's whatever. And it's what? like at some point, look, guys, look, don't do Terminator anymore. Like, just but, fucking don't do Terminator But Cameron's anymore. talking about getting back involved now. Oh, fuck James Cameron. He's I, doing, I agree. He's, <laughs> he's got Avatar 75 lined up, and it's going to be made in 2116. Well, here's the thing. Here, okay, so here's the thing. In defense of my statement. In defense of my statement is that... Do I, do I think they need to make another Terminator movie? No. Yeah. If they're going to make another Terminator movie, God damn it. Sure. Sure. Make him the guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's the, I don't know, the, the postal carrier <laughs> that somebody said, hey, he's, he's Joel. But you they, should be. He's the, the guy they knock on the head <laughs> and they bring him into the science experiment. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Okay. Okay. So. Here's my take. Here's how we make this movie work. So right. you have Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just this guy. He's older. Whatever, okay? So they look at him and they're like, he's imposing. He used to be a bodybuilder. Now he's a little bit older. Let's turn him... Let's base our Terminator on this guy, okay? And so then something goes wrong. And then this first Terminator starts hunting down old Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and now you've got... No, you've got like a chase it's movie. It's like running man. He's running it's from like... himself, okay? And he's trying to get the fuck away from this thing. You make Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, the weak motherfucker. Yeah. That's I I could see that. I would, at this point he's in I'm his on 80s. board. Give me two yeah. buckets of popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, They're like, wait, you used to be the governor of California. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. We must go to California. Arnold um, Schwarzenegger cast himself as Arnold Schwarzenegger as the prototype for the Terminator. <laughs> I this makes my head hurt. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I we we reviewed a trailer for a movie called Wolf Warrior Two. Do you remember this? Yes. It just opened in China, and we were like, "Shit, I haven't seen Wolf Warrior One." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just opened in China yeah. and broke all, all the, the records. All the records. Okay. It bro- made so much money, and they're they're already talking about a Wolf Warrior Three. Okay. So when all this shit goes down, it was you'll the go, movie that we were like, this, the action looks really cool. We don't know what the fuck's going yeah. on, but yeah. Like, there, yeah. There's a later in a minute we're going to talk yeah, about trailers. There's a trailer <laughs> that I have no idea what's going on, but it looks cool. Um, interesting. Um, 
in an interview for some new film, it was revealed that Kate Beckinsale was almost Wonder Woman. And I think that would have been terrible. That would have been a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's gorgeous, and she's talented, and she can clearly do the physical stuff. But she's, but she's so a... immersed in Underworld that yeah. it'd be like, hmm. Hi, Celine Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just interesting. That I think that whenever you... When you do... Uh, uh, a new property. Um, it's important not to use somebody that you don't want to use. Yeah. That's the problem with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Is that it's what what ruined the mummy? It's Tom Cruise. It's too, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who, by the way, uh, they were filming yesterday on Mission Impossible, and he got hurt. Really hardcore hurt. They looked like from the photos I saw, he was doing some jump from one building to another, and it looked like they yanked his back hard. Mm. Oh, hard. Shit. Yeah, yeah. He, they were carrying him off. Yeah, so that's anyway, the problem sorry. with being that guy. Yeah, right. Is that it's like, well, I'm sure at some point, Jackie Tan goes, "Fuck it, do it in the computer." You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like because yeah. well, I'm, it's not, yeah. Once you've hung off of the world's tallest building and hung off a plane and all this other stuff, right. it goes back to what we we're saying before. We need to go bigger. We need to go bigger. Right. But this wasn't even that. This was just a jump from one place, and he was wired up. That's usually so, how it is, right? Jackie wow. Tan's worst. Uh, Injury it happened. It's not Armor spectacular. Of God, right? Armor of God. He jumps onto this branch of a tree and it breaks and he falls. Yeah, swings up and falls. And yeah, he said it, has it a big hole in his head yeah. to this day. Yeah. You ever seen that footage? Plastic. There's oh, yeah. foot, no, there's footage of him on a talk show and he takes the the host's hand and puts it to his face, yeah. like, like his head. And as soon as his fingers touch his scalp, he jer- jerks away. He's like, oh, <laughs> like, that's your fucking head, dude. That's so gross. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We're moving on. All right. Um, Jason, Jason Momoa is being courted to do just about everything now, but he's right now being courted pretty hard to play Kratos in a Gods of War movie. Okay. Well, I'm selling my firstborn to go see that movie. On the other hand, isn't this what isn't that what he was in Game of Thrones? Essentially, was Kratos. It's Basically, like, he looked like him. I but don't I mean, know. like that. Yeah, you know, I don't care. <laughs> it's all video yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, the biggest God of War fan, but I mean, like Jason Momoa as Kratos. Like, supposedly, I he's he's completely refurbishing Aquaman's uh, uh, reputation. With oh. people who have seen pieces of this new Justice League, they're saying he's just a, like he's he's it's not Aquaman. It's like oh, there's Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Right. They're also saying that they're having a lot of trouble filming underwater. Mm. So much. Oh, there's a lot of it. This Aquaman movie that James Wan's filming right. is shot underwater. And years ago, I spoke to some guys who were trying to get a Namor movie going, and they said their biggest problem was how how do you just do this. God damn it! We we've been shown time and time again. You shoot, drive her wet. You don't shoot underwater. Yeah. There's no reason to do. Well, that his anymore. argument was is that by shooting drive her wet, you don't you you don't get the hair right and the float clothes. Fucking Namor's yeah. hair doesn't do I anything. Namor, right? Like, yeah, but this other stuff. But we'll see what happens. I think it's super early. My I worry because it's James Wan and I'm not a fan. But yeah. we'll see. Um, they released some pictures from the new. The Star Wars Last Jedi, they're introducing a character called a Porg. And this thing is a fucking plushy, a plush doll. Made, it's got big eyes, droopy ears. This thing it just screams. If you thought the Ewoks were a marketing move, this thing looks ridiculous. It looks like a Pokemon. It looks so cute. Is it the little things with the, <laughs> the fucking 
It's got big long, big long ears. No, no, no. That's the oh, Ewok. Okay. The, the, you've never no, seen these things before. No. But this thing, it looks like a like a sad rabbit, like a rabbit. You know how like in uh, Shrek when they tell Puss in Boots and his ears go back and his mm-hmm. eyes get really big. All right, whatever. Like, Is it practical? No. Yeah, no. It's not practical. It doesn't look. No, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm, I fuck me. I'm like you know, give me all the cats, give me the corgis. I'm yeah, like, it's just cute. Take, it's like, look, make make the dark, make the last Jedi as dark as possible. Mm. I will. I don't care if this is a marketing effect. Like, if the rest of the movie is the way it looks like it's sure. gonna be, give me this cute little Star Warsian <laughs> corgi it's, sad rabbit. It's gonna be one of those like tickle me Elmos. It's gonna be the toy that everyone. Okay, I, I want Luke Skywalker is... to be this fucking heroin addicted. <laughs> <laughs> Recluse. The reason why he's in this fucking cave is because he can't face anybody. Yeah. And he says, just, I'll yeah. suck your dick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. We're That's almost back. Fox is talking about rebooting King of the Hill. No. No, fuck Did it go away? I don't yeah. know. I just like... Yeah, it's been canceled for a few years. I, um, okay. I, I, I don't know why. Now, isn't Seth MacFarlane rumored to be behind the reboot? Oh, I that heard, I don't know. I had heard that. His uh, his new thing... Orville? The, the Orville was, was Orville. really well received at Comic-Con. Okay. Everyone really dug it. Whatever. I'm not a Seth MacFarlane fan by any stretch, <laughs> but like, there's a part of me... There's a right. part of me... Yeah, it, the Orville. Uh, yeah, it looks fun. It, it does looks look fun. fun. In the same way Galaxy Quest I was, loved was Galaxy fun. Quest, so yeah, yeah. maybe... Uh, Chris Pratt is talking about doing something, some project called Cowboy Ninja Warrior, and I hate it. I hate it already. I just hear the title and I just go, "What is he? What does that even mean?" Cowboy Ninja, Ninja Warrior. I guess it's a comic. Shall wait, Shaolin not, Cowboy. Not Shaolin. If it was Shaolin Cowboy, um, I'm gonna move through the rest of these. <laughs> Speaking of James Cameron, they announced he announced Stephen Lang is gonna be the villain in all four Avatar movies, which How? I think is interesting. Yeah. I I love Stephen Lang. I always said Stephen Lang should be Doc Savage. Yeah, oh. he should definitely be Cable. Should, yeah, right. Oh, like, yeah, he yeah, should yeah. be Cable. Like yeah, Josh yeah, Brolin yeah. looks amazing. But he looks Stephen great. Lang is yeah, Cable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah he's cool. Uh, you know, the thing is, is like, when was Avatar? The first Avatar? When did it come out? Twenty ten. Yeah. Okay, twenty ten. How old is Stephen Lang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're how, talking about how long are these going to? Well, they're talking about doing. There's four coming. They're doing two. And then they're taking a break, and they're doing two more. And as I've said already on the show, they'll never get to those last two. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Guarantee you. The, the, that's the one... Okay, so that's the one thing... I guess that tells you something about me. The one thing I took away from Avatar is, like, fucking Doc Savage. That guy mm-hmm. is Doc Savage. Yeah, he looked and great. And he looked great. And I... I love him. I, 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 did you did you check out the TV series that they had for a while? What the Doc the, Savage one? No, 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 no. The, the the series where Stephen Lang was like a, it was like this thing that went back in time to yeah, yeah, dinosaurs yeah, 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 and yeah, shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember what it was called. It was, oh. it was cool, but it wasn't cool enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I anything with Stephen Lang in it, I'm on board. Yeah, and the horror film he just did. Um, oh, was it li- yeah, was that yeah. Lights Out? Lights Out. Yes. Holy shit, that was solid. Something. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, before we going to trailers, uh, can- they're doing a- We talked about the Cannonball Run redo. They're doing that, and they're- they said today that it's going to be quote more like Fast and Furious. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I, I don't Wait. care. Can we can we swap that with the Shaft news? Can Shaft be more like Fast and Furious? <laughs> and Cannonball I would Run. That would be awesome. I would totally Shafter, man. Oh, my God. 
Okay, they wouldn't have to change the name for the porn film. That's right. All right. Two All shaft, right. two shaft. Yeah, that reminds me of something. Remember way back when, when Britney Spears was professing that she was a, a virgin? When she was like, um, sure, she was banging Justin she, Timberlake. She was, yeah, whenever she was like a kid, and uh, <laughs> I remember a comedian coming out and saying, "Please, she's seen more Shaft than Richard Roundtree." <laughs> That's wow. horrible. That's that a awesome horrible joke. That's wow. a horrible. It's a great joke. <laughs> we had it. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we're gonna All go right. through these. We got. We're gonna go these pretty quick. Um, the film I talked about that we had no idea what it was called or what it because was about. Because there was no English. Uh, yeah. SPL3 Paradox. I don't know much about it. It looks like some sort of cyber high crime thing, but the martial arts look The martial arts banging. are great. Uh, yeah. Tony Jaws in it, yeah? Tony Jaws. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Look, it, it looks pretty cool. I really liked that one sequence. It looks like he's fighting a guy with butcher knives, but then he's got the, like, uh, the machetes or yeah. the loggers. Yeah. One of the things I wonder, and I want to remember this film because I want to bring it up when we talk about trailers, is the way that the they they accelerate everything where the hits start coming faster and faster and yeah, faster yeah, yeah, and yeah. faster and it's a really neat idea. It the way is they cool. Sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, has a lot of actors that most American audiences won't know, but they're they're heavy hitters. There were a H-K lot of cinema. yeah, there were a lot of people right. there that I recognize. And some of them were ones I d- didn't usually associate with martial arts films. And right. So it'd be nice to see them do that. It'd be cool. Um, doc- next up, a do- trailer. These are all trailers, and you can see these all on YouTube. Um, documentary called Whose Streets uh, about I'm trying to remember now Ferguson yes. Ferguson the, uh, protest in Ferguson and the police reaction to it it looks great looks great yeah, yeah. I, I think I think um, documentaries like this as opposed to films like Detroit mm-hmm. are essential because films like Detroit are basically turning violence against black bodies into entertainment right but you take a documentary like Whose Streets where you're examining the situation and trying to educate people on what yeah, happened. It's, 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 it's not it's some different. writer's interpretation. This is what right. happened. Right. Plus, plus, then you're not subjecting black audiences to like, well, here's you know, here we're we're here's, we're, more, s- here's more shit. shit. You're yeah. living this life. You're seeing this on the news. You're subjected to these videos on Facebook. Now go watch this movie and pay yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is a documentary where they're taking that and going like, here's the fucked up shit that happened. Yeah, this is and it's it's inequivocal. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it looked great. Documentaries have yeah. the have the potential to change things more than a fictional movie. Mm-hmm. Does. Absolutely, yeah, especially sure. once you know somebody comes up and goes, "Well, that thing that was in the fictional movie have was you seen the wrong." What's the the other documentary that just came out? I'm not your. I'm not your Negro. I'm not your it's Negro. from the same, same uh, maker. Same it's same same. Yeah, 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 oh, great! Yeah, yeah. great! That yeah. was great. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah. That was great. Oh, let's see. Um, Loving Vincent. First fully painted animated movie? Finally. I've been seeing about this thing on what, Facebook, etc. for years. It seems like years. I don't know if it's been years, but it's a long time. So now we finally get this movie where every frame is an oil painted, uh, mm-hmm. an oil painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah. I'm blown away, first, mm-hmm. by the work that's gone into it. The animation's it. beautiful. It Gorgeous. looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting story mm-hmm. about Vince Van Gogh and his mental illness. Um, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, um, yeah, 110 percent agree with you. Like the quality of the animation um, reminded me of a lot of the like, the, like the Don Bluth, like the rotoscoped films, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where it was just picture perfect and yeah. almost uncanny. And the fact that they did that with oil paintings. Yeah. Yeah. What got me was that they, the hardest thing to get in all that stuff is is drift. You know, when someone someone doesn't walk in a straight line, there's, right. there's weird drifts, and yeah. 
people are always in motion in this weird way and a lot of times it, it, it can either be too busy or it isn't enough and this seems to just flow yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I also right. like that they're doing both uh, even though it's all painting they're doing both black and white and color mm-hmm. depending yes. on what's happening yeah, in very. the scene it's very cool yeah. I'm, I'm excited uh, next up, a movie called Stratton. It's it looks like Dominic Cooper wants to be an action star, and they've plugged him into this ge- really generic looking. It really, sure. uh, the most I got out of the trailer was three things: Tony Stark's dad, Draco Malfoy, and Simon <laughs> West. Yeah. Like like I was totally tuned out. I'm like watching this trailer, but then I was like, from the director of Con Air and The Expendables too. I'm like. Simon what? Okay, cool. Maybe I'll see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just sick of seeing dudes run around in fucking SWAT gear. Yeah. I don't care. It's... <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't care. That's like, a great point. It's, it's like, more that drum beating stuff. Yeah. You know, like, isn't it cool to be in the military? No, yeah, dude, okay, but... Dude, being in the military sucked. <laughs> um, next up, something called All These Sleepless Nights. And I'm... <laughs> Uh, we're all going. Wait, wait. What Thank was, you. Which one was this one? Wait. It, it was. It was like the. I think it's a. The, it's a German film, and it's or is it Russian? I, I don't remember. Is all it I the know French is French film. It's 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 a bunch of kids out on some bender. That's it. That's yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. okay and I'm okay, like, right. I'm like waiting for something uh, meaning, something to latch on to. No impression like, on you're me. You're all fucking high and and they're like, just, just, yeah, what? it's what like it's this? all like, oh, it's a an exploration of hedonism and wow. it's like it's a bunch of kids being drunk and like, stupid. Yeah, it's yeah, in yeah, yeah, France. Yeah. Or if you somewhere. dumbed down the Tree of Life yeah. and made it a bunch of European uh, kids yeah. on a great night. It, I, I will. I will say this. Oh man, what? I will say this. It's filmed like a documentary. Yeah. So if you like that shit, I remember it being pretty. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was lovely to look at. It's just like, <laughs> just like shots of people leaning back and taking a long drag off a cigarette and then throwing a bottle against this the means, fucking tree. This word is nothing. <laughs> this is lit. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, then uh, next, uh, sorry, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> Clearly, I need horrible. to take better notes. Um, short clip trailer for this new uh, documentary, Grace Jones, Bloodlight and Bammy. So, go ahead. I was gonna say if there's anything um, that could get me to watch, like I, I'm, a get, I'm guessing that this is like a documentary mm-hmm. about Grace Jones. Honestly, the number one thing that could get me to watch a documentary about Grace Jones is just watching her apply her makeup. Yeah, I was mesmerized yeah i was just watching her do it and like i've seen grace jones in a couple of things and i've always been like i should check her out more just watching her apply her makeup Mm -hmm. and the attention and and the the focus yeah i was mesmerized and i want to see this for uh, for the listeners this trailer is just that it's grace jones and they've got pull up to the bumper playing behind her right Beyond that, we have no idea what this is. Well, I know a little bit about her story. I know that she's from dirt poor, became right. a huge fashion model. In the 70s, She there's a record of hers called Portfolio, where she does um, uh, a disco version of Kiss the Day Goodbye right. and Tomorrow, and it's fucking great. And um, she was this icon. She became this 
gay icon. Right. Uh, She's like a drag queen without being a drag queen. Yeah, yeah. in many ways. Um, Dated uh, Dolph Lundgren Lundgren for a long time. Yeah. Um, Was pregnant with his child, and she got run over by a motorboat or something. Something crazy. And lost it. And she's just this fucking survivor who people will tell her to her face that she sucks, but um, just keeps plugging away. She's fierce. Yeah, that's a great word for it. That's a good word. A little overused word, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. In this case, it totally fits. I just don't know anything about the film. Mm. All all I saw was her putting on her makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which was fascinating. Wouldn't it be great if that was 90 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) And then she walks out on the stage. What's the the name of the the movie again? Uh, Bloodlight and Bammy. I don't know what Bammy is, but I'm sure it'll be explained. But yeah, I I was kind of in on that one. I just I just want to know more about Grace Jones. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I if it's if it's ninety minutes of her in a room just talking because she's got this great oh, ha, 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 like yeah, she... voice that's <laughs> fucking phenomenal. If you ever watch the Pee Wee's Christmas special, yes. she comes out of this. They pull her out of a box <laughs> and she sings a song and then they put her back in a box and they take her away. Anyway, all right. Uh, next up, documentary by that comic that I mentioned before, the Indian comic. Yeah. Um, this is called the Problem with Apu. And what it is is interviews with Indian actors and filmmakers and creative people and what they think about the... Apu the character Apu on The Simpsons. On right. The Simpsons, yeah. Um, I'll go, I, I will go ahead and say that this is something that I, I, I want to watch specifically because as um, someone who's very politically minded and someone who's very... Um, pushing forward for social rights like I want to be educated on things like this sure because I've right. always had it in the back of my head that a poo was this kind of stereotype mm-hmm. like but it never occurred to me just how offensive that could be right. to someone who is of Indian well, what descent it, what it, it it feels to me is is like they, they even uh, in the trailer they talk with Dana Gould and he says they wanted him to be offensive they right. they chose him and um, uh, Hank Azari who does the voice say they do the most offensive voice that you can come it up with. It always struck me. It always <laughs> struck me that they were doing that. It seemed like they were doing a parody of a stereotype, as you know what I mean. Well, he it's says like, in the trailer, he's all, "This is a racist dude doing an impression of my father." Right. Doing an impression. Exactly. Yeah. Like it. It. it Apu has always felt to me like somebody getting the joke wrong. It's mm. like it's like we're trying to do something and we're not getting it right. But on the other hand, when they bring in the wife and all the kids and stuff, mm-hmm. you almost start to feel for him as just another every man right. that are he, trying to do his thing. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. could see how it would uh, on its face be tone deaf. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah. I was an Indian Indian a person of Indian heritage, I would be like, "Really? Well, yeah, yeah. Like this right. is where we're at." Right, but yeah. I, I mean, I'm totally interested. In it. It's it's there's a lot of talking heads, but they're interesting talking heads. Yeah. Right, exactly. Danny Gould, Cal yes. Penn, much of those guys. Yes, absolutely, right. absolutely. Um, Leatherface, trailer for Leatherface. Uh, <laughs> what the? First of all, Lily Taylor is in it as the mom, right. which clearly is a paycheck. Right, she owes money. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. She owes money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, and then, I mean, the the highlight of the trailer is the kids, he's a 10-year-old or something, and they, for his birthday, they give him a chainsaw, and it's supposed to be this, like, Excalibur moment, I guess. Right. But I just don't give a shit. 
any of this. I mean, so, it's, it's like, I mean, okay, there, there are certain things that I want origin stories to, where I want to know where this came from, how right. this came to be. There are some things, however, where, like, a character like Leatherface, I don't fucking care. You're right. gonna, like, he needs yeah. to be mean, mysterious, he has a giant chainsaw, and he does his fucking it's thing. It's like Michael Myers. We know everything about him that we need to know from right. the very first right. Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. I don't need any of this shit about it's basically you're taking away the mystery. You're taking a what has become a supernatural character, mm-hmm. and Leatherface, granted, isn't supernatural. I'm not like Jason. Or right, whatever. right, right, right. But I don't like. It does. I mean, does it feel to anybody like it's almost like an attempt to like humanize and create empathy for the character? Because well, I, some, I, 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 I do. I like do. Unintentional. I, it's I, very much like Wicked. You know, with right, the, yeah, the idea of definitely. taking definitely. taking the villain and making him sympathetic, sure. like revisionist, right? Stuff. Yeah, but yeah. then like Grendel, like, Grendel, yeah, yeah, or or you know, Darth Vader in the prequel films, yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. And we look how well that turned out. Now yeah. that turned. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, goddammit, you need a bad guy. Earlier, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, anyway, power, yeah, I, I don't care about Leatherface at all. Um, next up, we mentioned Darren Aronofsky, Mother. Um, this feels like Rosemary's Baby to me. Yes. It seems like she's yep. being brought into this thing. It's Aronofsky, so I'm willing to give it a really big pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it looks really interesting. The fountain. I'm just saying. Um, Thank you. Just saying. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks really interesting. It looks like really good filmmaking. Um, I feel like I only have kind of a glimmer of what's going on from the Agreed. trailer. Um, but really? I mean, there's obviously well, there's Ed obviously huh. uh, there's obviously some yeah. Oh, she looks she's great. It looks great in this cultish conspiracy. Yeah, it feels like, like she's, she's being, being brought, brought into, into yeah. some. God damn it! it just reminded me of. I don't remember what the name of it is. There's a giallo that very much feels like this, and I don't, I can't remember the fucking title. I, 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 my only worry about the trailer is I'm kind of nervous that they might have tipped their hat a little too much. Mm. They maybe might have shown a little too much, especially maybe. like with showing that the husband is like in on it. Might seem kind of skeevy and in on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the first trailer for this one, Mm-mm. but it was basically you know all the shots of Jennifer Lawrence like wandering around the house and looking around. Mm-hmm. So basically, the first trailer was just her doing that, just uncut, following her and people talking in the background. Some of the dialogue from this, right? And then she opens the front door, and then you get like a quick flash of images. And then it just says mother. Huh. See, and that should that should have stayed. Yes. Because as soon as we see Javier Bardem like welcoming strangers into the house, now immediately I think, well, he's in on whatever the fuck's right, going right, on. Right. 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 Yeah. And it's so clear that like when you look at Ed Harris in those scenes, it's like, oh, clearly you're you're, you're, yeah. not, you're not a friendly you're neighbor. You're not a good guy. Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, it's Aronofsky. Like you, like you both have said, like Aronofsky. Yeah. yeah like I mean, I, mean I, I was there for Noah day one. So I'll go and see this. Yeah, sure, sure. But like, I'm just, I'm just a little nervous that I might just from that know a little too much. It'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be. It'll I, I, yeah. Next up, it looked like a Russian film called The Teacher about a uh, woman on the local school board who is a member of the Communist Party and is, is using her position. To run roughshod over. To try over to do shit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it looks, looks. This looks like like art house stuff. It looks like Oscar bait, and it looks really good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was hooked. Yeah. 
I want to see this for sure. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And no one's talking about it. I, yeah. I've not... Yeah, of all the, the podcasts and everything I read, no one, this thing came out and no one seemed to give a shit. Um... But we do. It looks we good. do. <laughs> it looks really good. Uh, let's see, just a couple more. League of Gods. That looks uh, silly, amazing. Wait. Oh my God, is this the last one? No, it's the second it's last. Second one. To last one. Well, uh, remind me on this. Is, with I'm, Jet Li is the wizard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like Monkey King three. Yes, it looks yeah. stupid and awesome. That's it, yeah. it's oh. exactly what I want in this kind of a movie. Where it's like, <laughs> give me all the crazy special effects. Give me the tiny little baby. Yeah. All I need to know is that this is probably gonna be dumb. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It's a I'll perfect sit down and enjoy it. It feels like like Zoo Warrior, the Choi Hark Zoo Warrior movie. It feels like the Monkey King. Um, that stuff's really popular and doing really really well in China. So yeah. that kind of explain it. Uh, and then finally, uh, in search of Fellini, <laughs> this thing again, ah. art mate, right? Looks like something your mom's gonna go. Oh my god, I saw this. <laughs> <in search> of <laughs> it's essentially a girl who's a who's um, homeschooled and yeah. sheltered, sheltered, and she goes on. Her parents just go, yeah, go to Europe, yeah, and she starts meeting guys and and falls in love know. with a guy. <laughs> I, I'm maybe maybe this is a little off kilter, but it almost kind of feels like if Woody Allen made Amelie. <laughs> yes, that's okay. totally right. It really does feel like Woody Allen's Amelie. <laughs> And I wanted to get into it, but I just, I'm like, eh, no, okay, that's good. <laughs> I think that's that, I, I think that that, I don't know. I just, I don't <laughs> care. I, I don't care. If I don't care about, <laughs> if I don't care about, um, superhero movies, I care even less about <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so, uh, let's wind up here really quickly. Okay. Going around the table, what have you been watching? You. Uh, what have I been watching? God damn it, you asked me what I was reading! I mean, we're oh. going to get to that, too. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, uh, what have I been watching? Uh, I've been watching Casey Love's new sculpting tutorial on Stan Winston School of Sweet. Character Arts. That's awesome. Yeah. They have to pay for that stuff, right? Yeah. I always forget. Money too. well spent, dude. <laughs> you. Um, I've been watching two things. I've been watching an anime called Steinsgate. Um, it's... It's on it, Netflix? It's... It's not on Netflix. Um, I got it. I it's it's actually Funimation put it up on YouTube. You can watch the whole series on YouTube, either subbed or dubbed. I mm -hmm. prefer I prefer uh, uh, subs personally. Um, it's mm. about time travel and string theory. And, oh wow! And, like the first episode is really slow. Get through it. By the end of the first episode, you'll know if you ha want to keep going. Have you seen the girl who left through time? No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Uh, also, I was going to ask since we brought it, we should do. I don't know enough about anime to do a show, but I would love to do one. Sure, sure. Um, Netflix has a series called Mushishi. Mm -hmm. Highly recommended. Okay. They're 30-minute little things, mm -hmm. and I, I am not um, embarrassed to say that I have wept at them. They uh, are really good. Okay. Um, Which brings me to my... The second thing I've been watching is I am unabashedly um, in love with The Vampire Diaries. 
It's oh, okay. it's it started off with this like silly almost like little like YA Twilight esque premise. Sure. You know, a vampire comes back to this town, falls in love with this girl, blah blah blah. But then as they start spinning and going and the mythology builds and then like the end of every episode is another what the fuck moment. Next thing you know, you're just like four seasons deep and you're like yeah. eating popcorn. You're like, How did this character turn into this and Yeah, you lose me. Oh yeah, sorry. It's no, you're fine. Real, no I you're, think it's T V and I think and that so. that's how T V works, right? Yeah. If you give it enough time. It's a guilty pleasure for me. It's pure sure. it's pure like fantastical soap opera and it's just enough to make my heartstrings go uh, yeah, Oh yeah. god. Oh god damn it. I cried at the end of Chuck. You know? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Chud. Chud gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime a cannibalistic human Uh let's see. A lot of just nonsense in in my li- uh, life. Uh shitty film called Deadheads, a Korean movie that I had heard a good Good bit about called My Wife is a Gangster, Adjustment Bureau. Um, but I watched, I rewatched the Kurosawa Shin, Shinshiro Sugata. Fucking A, man. Those, the, both yeah. of those movies. Movies are, about judo. Yes. And, uh, so cool. It's really good. It's so, you know what, what, you know what, what strikes me about Kurosawa's early stuff? It's how silent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever seen, um, there's the one about where Mifuni plays, uh, the, the surgeon. And everyone's got tuberculosis around him, and he's trying to 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 help them, and he ends up contracting it. No. Oh, what the fuck is it called? I'll look. I don't know. You know. I don't know. Oh, but yeah, it's great. It's early. It's early. It's early. It's before all the samurai stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, not as late. And it's really cool. It, it it it's, and you see, what I love about it is that you see. Um, early applications of things that become Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know, it's like uh, I remember a shot of a flower outside of a window, like at, like after uh, an action scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. And he wasn't oh. fucking around. It was. It's like it's not like it doesn't have that polished sort of Hollywoody thing. No. It's dirt. It's dirty ju- ju- judo. Did, it's very cool. It's like they, these are really actors being thrown around. When you think about the fight scenes in like Seven Samurai, oh, they're, they're dirty not pretty. Yeah, they're dirty. Yeah, they're just like you know, it's like yeah, absolutely. Guys are slipping in the mud and like yeah, it's great. All right, uh, now your book. Uh, uh, I, I I do want to bring up one thing. Yes, uh, you were asking me what I watched. I showed Jennifer Sucker Punch the other night. Did you really? Yeah. Well, what did she think? Uh, she liked it. Good for yeah, her. She liked See? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew she would, and that's why I showed it to her. And yeah. upon watching it again, I didn't hate it as bad as I yeah. did. Once you time. get it, and once you realize that it's just all fairy yeah. dust, yeah, it's great. It's pretty, if nothing else. Okay. Uh, what am I reading? Yeah. Um, I so there's a few books that I uh. I go back and I reread every year. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Dwellers in the Mirage. Dwellers in the Mirage is a book by a guy named A.E. Merritt, who was a pulp writer in the 30s, contemporary of Robert E. Howard, H.P. Mm-hmm. Lovecraft, those guys. Um, in fact, if you look at the, the the God thing in Dwellers in the Mirage, it's it's, it's essentially Cthulhu, mm. um, only he calls it Kulkru. Um it's an amazing book. I've wanted to see a film version of it forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. I've wanted to film a fake book trailer for it. Um, it's fantastic. It's right on. great. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a Lost World book. Um, these guys 
uh, are hiking in Alaska, and there's a, uh, a, a valley of the Mirage. It looks like the it looks like it looks like a glacier floor, but when you come to it, it's a mirage. You go through it, mm. and you go down into this area where um, the it, it's it's tropical almost, right? It's like the air is kind of trapped in this area. Mm. Wow. And there are there are <laughs> golden pygmies. That it references the um, Duwandi uh, Tsuni, which is a Cherokee legend. Yeah. It's dude. It is the shit, and I highly recommend it. Dwellers in the Mirage. Right on. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, I recently finished reading the last book in the uh, the Heaven's Gate trilogy by a British author named Guy Adams. All three of these books are heavily uh, heavily influenced by spaghetti westerns, and yeah. the premise is that the doorway to a town called Wormwood, which if you go through it will allow you to enter heaven without dying, appears in the desert. Hmm. So it's got steampunk influences. It's very like spaghetti. It's like all of the every single chapter in each book is the name of an old spaghetti western. I feel like I've read one of these. But um, the names of the books are The Good, the Bad, and the Infernal, Once Upon a Time in Hell, and For a Few More Souls. Hmm. And um, I picked up the first one just kind of on a whim, and I was hooked. Who, and was, the, who was the author again? Guy Adams. Guy Adams. Yeah. They're super, super entertaining. Um, they, they, there's a literal journey through hell. There's all these different characters. It bounces back and forth. Awesome. Between perspectives. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Right on. Uh, me. I just finished Cliff Nesteroff's The Comedians. It talks about comedy and through the ages and mm -hmm. kind of peters out around the 70s, 80s. Um, and then, uh, but a book I want to talk to you uh, mostly about is, uh, I may have mentioned it on here before, but... Um, I keep going back and reading Stuart Onan's A Prayer for the Dying. Um, it's it's a phenomenal book. Steve, one of Stephen King's favorite writers, Onan. Mm -hmm. um, it's about a guy who's a sh sheriff, pastor, mortician in an old west town, and a uh, uh, a smallpox comes through there. And um, just wipes everything out, and someone gets the idea to burn it out, and so they start this giant fire. And it, I'm not going to say anything more about it. Just that if you, there's a something that happens in it that is beyond creepy, and handled so well that if you you almost don't notice it, but it's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen, I've ever read. Hmm. Um, and really? it's it's great. Um, and then again, the Mark Frost books. The, um, List of Seven and uh, The Six Messiahs. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, go, last thing, music. Anything you want to recommend? Something people may have, um, may have heard? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I really like, um, I really like music from, um, different time periods. Sure. And this is not a music from a different time period. This is music from um, now, or at least the last decade, um, but it references a different time period. Um, and I'm not going to talk about a particular album. I'm going to talk about a particular group. Uh, and, uh, and it's uh, it's steampunk music, and and the band is Vernian's Process. I've heard of these guys. Vernian's we were going to interview them for Carbonacto. Yeah, Vernian's Process are great. Um, and uh, a, is this the circus steampunk band? Uh, you might no. be thinking more of Abney Park. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Bernie's process is a little more literary. Yeah. Um, I've passed off some music to you that the main guy has done that references Yellow music. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great stuff. Um, and if you if if you're into steampunk at all, or if you're not into steampunk and you're just into um, literature from that time period, whether you're into Poe, whether you're into Sherlock Holmes, wh- whatever. You're a Jack the Ripper fan, mm. they've got something for you. Yeah, it's um, good stuff. It's good stuff. You should definitely check out Vernian's Process. Right on. Anything okay. you want to recommend? Yeah, actually, I've been listening to a lot of uh, synthwave music lately, which ah. is... Ah! Yes, yes. Uh, Who's so, your favorite? Who's your favorite? Uh, Dance with the Dead. Dance with oh, the Dead Dance is with first. the Dead is great. Yes. Uh, Dance with the Dead and Carpenter Brute are the two that I've been listening to the uh, most. So both of these, you might you might even get into it, Tom. Uh, Tom th- Tom's very familiar with it because this is what I forced these guys to listen oh, to. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I am Just very familiar with it. 80s horror film influenced synthwave <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bands. Um, Dance with the Dead, I, I go on Spotify, I hit random, I hit play, and that's my workout music. Sure. Hmm. It's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, Carpenter Brute, have you listened to their live album? Uh, yes, actually, I have their cover of Maniac from Flashdance. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah, God, it's amazing. I okay. agree. So good. So my favorites are like um, Perturbator. Yes. And Protector 101. I haven't heard them. Oh my God! It's like it's so good. It it it's way more movie referential. So okay. it's like uh, you know you'll hear little snippets from things. From um, like, the band that introduced me to synthwave was Laserhawk. Yes, I love Laserhawk, King of the Streets, um, and you then kids in your rock have and roll. Have you listened music. to Come Truths? Yes, I have. <laughs> Come Truths, Jesus um, Christ! You mentioned uh, something about Giallo. I was it reminded me of a there's a group that sounds like this sort yeah. of thing called Giallo's Flame. Oh, cool! Really? They okay. did the music to of all things Sean Lewis's Black Devil, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's really good. Okay, all cool. their stuff is really good, and cool. it's all like all of the rec- all the songs are like. By the way, you gonna, go, you gonna go see Goblin? No, no. <laughs> I have to leave my house. It's just so problematic. No, I would love to. I, but the question becomes, who's Goblin? Because at this point, there's two bands that there's Goblin and Goblin Reborn that are traveling around. Ah. So anyway, all right. Well, that's cool. I, I, I've not heard of any of this stuff, so I'll have to, to, to look at this stuff. The, um, anytime I play it at work, people will... The, the number one thing people say is like, this sounds like I should be in like an 80s chase film. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's so exactly. it's like, it's like cool. up-tempo, kind of EDM, yeah. but it's all... Like, most of it's in- instrumental. Right so you just like kind of get into the mood it's and you go great, for it. It's great for <clears> work. Like if you're writing or if you're drawing, punching your friend in the face, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, swinging sticks at each other. This is the music. All right, all right. Um, yeah, this is not nearly as exciting as any of that. <laughs> Back in '82, before he died, Phil Lynott had disbanded Thin Lizzy. Right. And he had three records out. The first one was called Solo and Soho, and this next one was called the Phil Lynott album. Um, I mentioned this is the one you want to look for. It's it's amazing. It's it's more adult than Thin Lizzy, and you know everyone's familiar with with those guys. Right. Um, has people like Midge Your, Mark Knopfler, Jimmy Bain, Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy, Huey Lewis is on it, Mel Collins, Brian Downey. Wow. Pierre Morland, who's a French um, 
percussionist who, when David Allen disbanded Gong, Pierre Morland, no one, I'm way off right. the weeds now, but Pierre <laughs> Morland took, had a gong, a band called Gong, and uh, Pierre Morland's Gong is really good. It's like Brand X, it's like prog rock. Right. This is more song-oriented, uh, but it has really personal things, like songs to his daughter, and there's ruminations on, um, there's a song called Fatalistic Attitude that... Almost like he knew he was going to die. Almost. Well, yeah. he his I, his his story about this time was was really bad. Was how really did sad. how did Phil die? Uh, he was himself? an alcoholic, he, but he it was like pneumonia with alcohol. Right. It, it was a uh, complications you know, due to uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was, you know, Thin Lizzy was always a band that I I growing up with. It was like. You know, playing guitar and stuff. Sure. Oh yeah, double guitar shit is yeah. The, the, bomb. Double, the what the two bands I think of the double guitar is like you know Thin Lizzy and Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I think of these yeah. two guys just like you know basically playing the same melody. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw uh, Judas Priest in there. Too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do a lot of that yeah. stuff. But this Phil Lynott album, it's just got a it's a gold and brown cover and it's got him on the cover and it's it's really special. The hit on it was something called Yellow Pearl. Which isn't so good, but everything else on it is, mm. is really great. All right. Well, Chris, thanks. Thank thanks you. for coming by. This was fun. Yeah, this um, was a good time. A lot of fun. I have Thank no you. idea what we're doing next week, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All what right. Do you so, do? episode, what are we at? 136. 136. Jesus. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. For the Bonus Material Podcast, I'm Tom Cornell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary. <laughs>